Welcome to the Completely Unnecessary Podcast for Tuesday, August 16th, 2022. That's bageled up Ian Ferguson. So bageled up, you can see it in my waistline. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm uh, pastried up Pat Country. On the show today, we'll talk about our time at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. We'll be discussing uh, a Kickstarter that blew all their money investing in crypto. Uh, we'll be talking about more about the Intellivision Miko internal fact sheet. Fact sheet? I say fact sheet at first? Fact sheet. <laughs> and we'll talk about the water results we couldn't get to last week for the their signature their signature video game auction. There's the mailer right there. And also Patreon poll and a live Long Island Q&A. That's right. We had a, we had a, we had a blast, right, Ian? We did. We had a, an absolute blast at Long Island uh, Retro. Hear all about our food eating on the exclusive podcast on Patreon.com slash CU Podcast. Italian uh, pastries, diner talk, uh, breads, bagels. breads, bagels, breads Italian food, more. Uh, so, yeah, we were at Long Island Retro this past weekend. Um, I, I said it after the first time we were there, uh, and I'll say it again. Uh, one of my all-time favorite conventions to do. Uh, I love Portland Retro Gaming Expo as well. And I think Portland, you know... Uh, Portland benefits from being in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of a unique venue or something that you should really experience, uh, Long Island Retro is just insane. And we've talked about the reason why before. It's held at the uh, Cradle of Aviation in Long Island. It's an aerospace museum. It's a gorgeous aerospace museum. And the convention isn't just off in some like side convention hall they have set up. It's, it's, it's in... In the museum, in the basically in the front lobby area is where all the vendors are, the, the the entrance to the museum in that front area. And then all of the side stuff is set up um, with arcade machines, uh, console setups, the museum, uh, three floors of, th- of this stuff, the museum, two separate arcades. Yep. This one had this year. Yep. Uh, well, um, it, it did last time, too. It had oh, the machines on the second floor, and it had the smaller arcade off to the side. In fact, the layout was very similar. Some of the same games were in the same spots. I was like, oh, I can. there's Dodonpachi. I did not have a chance to, to go in the arcade, and I want, I looked at it, and I looked, oh, I still want to walk left into the arcade. I was like, oh, I want to go and look. I did not get a chance. But I did see the incredible museum. Yes. The video, the video game museum, and I'll try to put in some um, – in terms of variety and in terms of um, – some of the more uh, esoteric stuff that you could hear of, like the Sharp compute, the sixty eight hundred was that, there. That had the the janky licensed Super Mario game on yep. it. That I think Norm did videos about some of those. Um, an M eight demo unit, which I never see in person, besides when I glance over at mine. Um, the Dreamcast karaoke unit was something I'd never seen in person before. Yep. I mean, just. Every every like weird thing you could think of, I believe they had the automatic uh, light gun. Yes. You mean the one in the Famicom? The the hyper, the, the Konami one? Yeah. Yeah, the hyper shot or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. They, they had that. 
Um, there was just a lot to look at that I honestly wish this is like I I I don't want to be a guest. I would rather walk around and look at some of this stuff. Well, it's one of those things where I wish I could spend like two hours playing all that stuff. I, I, I hung at- out with Joe from uh, Limited Run a lot this past weekend, and uh, you know, I was we were talking uh, on text after the convention, and I, I said to him, you know, that's exactly what I said. I said I I feel like we need to figure out a way to get a day to just experience that convention like, yeah it's so good and it's because because it's amazing you'll be you'll be playing some like you know uh, uh the fm you know towns marty and behind you is a freaking lunar module yeah on display like a lunar mo- like a real one yeah like it's it's just like what you know what i mean like, they had all the old monochrome computers set up around there i think the fm towns was someplace else but they had all the old like weird like console monochrome computers yeah in a semicircle around that huge lunar module and it's just like it's a stunning setup yeah it, it, it kind of blows your mind you're, you're seeing all this like like this um i guess analog older tech and then you're showing off the digital video game tech around it and the lighting and everything is all perfect because of it and uh yeah it's a sight to behold uh, when you walk through, well, at least the museum, um, I, I I got a nice uh, tour from one of the staff, but it was only like twenty minutes. I, I said I wish I had more time. It was before it opened on Saturday morning because we have to we have to man the booths and 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 you know talk to people and peddle the wares and things. But uh, no, amazing time. One of the best run conventions, most one of the most professionally run conventions that I've attended. Um, they they treat all the volunteers and staff very well. They treat the guests very well. Uh, the food they supply to everyone, the the workers, the staff, the guests is top notch. It's insane how good it is. It's and so I taught I taught them about that. Uh, people that run it, uh, like Joe and Ryan, and like yeah, we we want, want treat treat our people uh, well. You know, make sure they're taken care of. And it's like yeah, and I said yeah, you know, you you want to also you know obviously give back to the people that are helping to run this but you also want to attract the good talent by by rewarding them yeah and like this isn't just like oh we'll just order a pizza or two like this is just this is like really good stuff and and even even the little things like um if you're running a convention providing drinks and and water plentiful you know snacks and things like that to to your staff and to the guests that's a big deal i never wanted for a diet coke or water it was always there yes (laughs) I mean, they carted around. They carted around coffee. I'm dying on, on Sunday. Sunday, and this coffee cart comes up to me, and I'm like, "You, you're saving my fucking life here." Yeah. yeah. And the guy goes, eh, "It's the little things," and it is. It is. It's it class. Is. It's yes. classy as fuck. Yeah. To do things like that. Yep. It is. It's awesome. And so, thank you for having us. And of course, the where we do our panel and like it's the in Omni the Theater. Yeah. Awesome. So like we're looking up at everyone <laughs> yeah. at like 80 degrees. We're like looking up at everyone. With a big screen behind us and just a great time. And and uh, I, I wish I'd gone sooner than 19. Uh, they invited me out a couple of years before that each time. It was always a conflict with another convention. I even said that, like, I wish I'd, I'd made the decision sooner to come out. I wish the city was a little closer. That's yes. really all I can say. But then you lose the venue and the venue is everything. And the people. You lose. Uh, well, the, it's, yeah. my, it's our people. Yeah. I mean, it's my, at least as I, say, I can say it's my people. Like, I love, I love uh, New York, New Jersey people. Me too. They cut through everything. There's no pr- pretension. They, they they talk to you like they know you forever. Like that's 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 how I that's how I like communicating. And it, and sometimes it's off putting when you're talking to people who aren't used to that from like the Midwest or the West Coast. They like they're like they get like ugh they they bristle. It's like a squeeze that. of lemon on a dish. It cuts through the fog. Yeah, there you, there you go. You always bring it back back to a food analogy. 
Uh, what else is going on? What what else? What else is happening? What else? Uh, what are we doing? I'm so tired. Uh, yeah, Microsoft confirms that Xbox One sales were less than half of the PS4. Um, I don't know what else to really say about that, other than, uh, you know, I, I think that confirms what all of us kind of figured by about halfway through that generation. That just that, wasn't going to happen. That just wasn't going to happen. Stop trying. Tr- stop trying to make Xbox One a thing. Um, I mean, and, and <laughs> it, it was, you know, kind of a, a flip flop of what happened the generation before. Uh, and it's happened to well, it's happened to, you know, Sony as well. Sony, I, the PS2 was the best selling system of all time, um, you know, but the 360 came out and destroyed the PS3 for that first uh-huh. for that. Uh, I mean, the PS3 picked up in popularity towards the end, but the PS3 was expensive and big and bloated and it made the xbox 360 and it didn't have nearly the same online structure that the xbox 360 had so it didn't do as well um but likewise microsoft could not follow up on the success of the 360 and the xbox one uh starting with some really bad pr early uh, on yeah the drm I mean, the, the the worst some of the worst pr a, a console could have ever ever had some draconian drrm stuff they said oh but you can share with certain people but like you can't give your fucking discs to someone else to share. it was so weird and bizarre that they went that route that they thought that that would be accepted and then you got sound and- bites from like their heads you know like don maddox saying like someone was like well what if people don't have internet or what if pe this was literally like a question asked to him what if people don't have internet or they simply don't want to be tracked like this with the drm and he was like well there is an xbox for them it's called the 360 and Ooh, like, like i will that like i that moment one of the worst moments that was that remember that was an e3 thing yeah, and they had yeah. it, they had it by the, by the end of e3 it was such a disaster that they had to like sort of already take a half step back. They took a half step back by yeah. the end of E3, and I think reversed basically all of it within a month. And then also trying to push Connect as like the, the next big thing, and people are like, "We don't want this." Oh yeah, you have to have a Connect. They they ripped this. that out of the standard system bundle within, honestly, I think like within six months, if not. Sooner. Yeah, they try to push Xbox One as an entertainment sort of solution yeah, when run... people just want to be a game console. Well, it was weird, too, because people were already moving towards streaming at that point, too, yeah. and it was like, it integrates with your cable, and it's like, who, like, who, what? who needs that? Yeah, like, what are we doing? Like, I don't need to, like, tell it to turn on my DVD player because I don't have one anymore. Right. You know, like, like what? <laughs> it was just yeah. a huge misfire, and Sony, had, of course, had their famous, this is how you share games. Like they they were great. They put the video right away, and they hands they they handed the guy the game. And that's how you share a game on a PS4. Yeah. So they ate their lunch. Yep. Uh, from that point forward, and good because that was ridiculous that that got to that point. Anyway, kind of old. I mean, it's an old assumption, but Microsoft hasn't you know ever officially released the the information, the numbers. So that's official now. And another Microsoft story: they accuse Sony of blocking games from Game Pass. Microsoft is accusing the PlayStation manufacturer of preventing developers from adding games to Xbox subscription service. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised that something like that is going on, given that uh, I think Sony finds found Game Pass, I would say, to be uh, threatening. Um, is that good practice? No. But I think a lot of the hype around Microsoft Game Pass has also died down. Um, it was really popular at first. They were doing, you know, the big releases on release day. You know, Halo was one of those last year. 
But with delays and stuff like that this year, uh, there's no like triple A titles that are coming out. Now, I defended uh, Xbox um, Game Pass a couple months ago pretty vehemently because I do think it's a good uh, I I don't think the lack of triple (laughs) A games makes it not worth the the monthly price. There's tons and tons of good indie games, but public perception of, of the importance of Game Pass has probably fallen given the fact that it's not there there's no triple a titles really this year that are getting no new ones you mean it. gotcha right um it says here platform exclusivity deals are common in the gaming industry and it's ambiguous whether this refers to a clause that might prevent game oh sorry microsoft's ability to continue expanding game pass has been hampered by sony's desire to inhibit such growth microsoft claimed in an august 9th filing sony pays for blocking rights to prevent developers from adding content to game pass and other competing subscription services it's interesting um, and then it goes on to say platform exclusivity deals are common, but it's ambiguous whether this refers to a clause that might, this doesn't seem like exclusivity deals. This is you, you can have it, but you can't have it. it it's it's like a high, highly specific exclusivity deal. And okay. that seems strange. But yeah. OK, Sony was previously critical of Microsoft's hold on the gaming market just last week. The console manufacturer argued argued to Cade, this is from Kotaku's article, that Call of Duty was, was an essential game and that competitors would not be able to rival it. Microsoft disagreed and the latest following painstakingly lays, laid out examples of Sony's predilection, predilection for exclusivity regarding their big name releases. Okay, so some back and forth between this. Obviously, a lot of people say like if Game Pass takes hold of the whole industry, it might be game over for Potentially for someone like Sony, it would, it would cut into them a lot. Right. Uh, I guess what I'm yeah. saying is that momentum seems to have fallen off precipitously for, for Game Pass. Who gotcha. knows? Maybe next year will be a better year for it with some of those Bethesda releases like uh, Starfield. Mm-hmm. Starfield coming out. Keep the momentum going at UltimateNintendo.com. Keep it up. Keep going. Keep getting those RBI baseball stickers. Get the NES and SNES guidebooks. The, the pins. We are doing a blowout. On the limited shirt, we're going to do them at 10 bucks. but here's the catch. They're all size small. They're all size small. <laughs> Only small. If you're a smaller frame guy or gal and you like the podcast, $10. Pick up a shirt. They're there at ultimatenintendo.com. What else can we say? We overbought on the smalls uh, for that design. Other shirts have sold the smalls on design. This one, for some reason. Buy it. Cut it out. Apply it as a patch to something. Yeah, okay. you know, whatever it, you want to get it iron on to a larger shirt. <laughs> you can do that. Get crafty with them. $10. Um, and then uh, I'll be on Twitch Wednesday, twitch.tv slash country code. And then I'm on Cameo, cameo.com slash pack country. Only fans coming soon. Um, we discussed this a little bit at Long Island. Someone brought this up about uh, the Flash movie and what they're going to do about uh, Ezra Miller's fucking rampage of, of bad behavior in criming. So a statement came out. Criming. <laughs> uh, Warner Brothers sat down Ezra Miller and said, uh, we're going to fix this because this is a horrible PR for a $200 million movie that's been f- like five years in the making that's shot and supposed to come out next year and it's supposed to like almost like soft reboot the DCEU. So, this is from Variety. Yeah, 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 saw us from News in the Back Lot. This was an exclusive from Variety, from Brent Lang and J. Kim Murphy. The Flash star set Ezra Miller, Ezra Miller seeking treatment for comp- complex mental health issues. The, I, I mean, how, uh, that, that reads to me like the mental health issues that cause crime. Yeah, 
this is, and, I, and I saw some comparisons between. Well, ro- what about Robert Downey Jr.? Robert Downey Jr. Time. Robert Downey Jr. was was a really big drug addict, but wasn't going out and like harming other people with, when all this stuff was happening. It was just like, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is back in the clink because he got caught with cocaine again, and yeah. it was bad. But he wasn't. It was all internal. It wasn't like oh. Uh, breaking into people's houses, assaulting people at bars. Allegedly, yeah, I feel like the uh, complex is doing yes. that lifting there, which is yeah. Um, so we have different levels of destructive behavior here. Allegedly, may- maybe uh, having a cult in Iceland, and it's like, uh, and allegedly like grooming, grooming children. So like this, this is like ri- ridiculous. Like, how does this person? get made like a 200 million dollar picture and start like how do you not know this is happening war Bros? and the news was is that is that they were still filming and doing reshoot stuff while this behavior was going on and warner brothers had to have known so like they're in a obviously they're in a pickle you can't predict that someone would be this much off the rocker so this is what happens when you know okay let's this is a quote from ezra miller um having recently gone through a time of intense crisis i now understand that i am suffering complex mental health issues and have begun ongoing treatment miller says i want to apologize to everyone that i have alarmed and upset with my past behavior i am committed to doing the necessary work to get back to a healthy safe and productive stage oh. in my life. So he's describing them as complex. I thought there. that was the media describing that or Warner Brothers describing them. No, that's them the statement from from them. Okay, that's fine. Look, this is what I have to say about this. I I it I I hope that he or they, they I hope that they get the help uh, that they need. I hope this works. Um the timing is just it, it's obviously I I feel like Warner Brothers to truly heal and get help you need to want to do it and i feel like this is warner brothers forcing the scenario yeah this movie is going to come out they're not this isn't being canceled so they got to get ahead of this now and i don't think that ezra is going to be doing press when this comes out you're not going to see them on the red carpet no um this is just going to be like we have to at least acknowledge this stuff's happening here's a reminder from from variety's article what, what they did most recently, Miller was charged with felony burglary in Vermont after state police investigated an incident involving several bottles of alcohol being taken from residents while the homeowners were not present. The a- actor made headlines in 2020 after a recording surfaced in which they appeared to be choking a woman outside of a bar in Iceland. No charges were filed. The actor has been arrested twice in Hawaii this year, once for disorderly conduct and harassment. In the Hawaii incidents, Miller pled no contest to a single count of misdemeanor disorderly conduct and paid a $500 fine and $30 in court costs. The harassment charge was dismissed. So slaps on the wrist here. It's very, very important for me to point out that mental illness does not make you do this shit. And I really don't what, what I what I don't like about this is that there's some bleeding here that makes it sound like they're blaming his shitty, awful behavior on mental health issues. And that's it's not an excuse. That's always uh, dicey. That's always dicey. I, I, I am mentally ill. I know plenty of people who are and we don't go out and do this shit. Yeah, it's not. It, you, there's still consequences to your actions. It's not a get out of jail card. So, um well, he got out of jail. They got out of jail. It is. This well, one. no, that, that is. He got out of jail because he's a celebrity. They're a celebrity. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Sorry, I don't follow Ezra. <clears throat> Good old Ezra. I don't know what the hell they did before the Flash thing. I didn't hear of what they did before that, but. Uh, I don't know what they did either. But there you go. Major major superhero films. They've been in like, like three or four of these now, even in small parts. Um, craziness. We usually do fives and zeros in the podcast. But here's an eight. Here's an eight. 
eight years ago on the on the PS uh, four. Oh, was it three or four? Four. It was four? Yeah. PT. Was the demo called PT, which was to be the uh, we didn't know at the time the Silent Hills teaser. Yeah, it was a, it was a yeah it was a, a a demo for a Silent Hill game that was being developed. Uh, under Konami, and that was around the time that Konami really just shit the bed and was like, you know, what works for us, gambling works for us. So we're gonna we're gonna make gambling. Yeah, we're games. gonna do Pachinko, and the marble game I played at the at the round one was from Konami. Yeah, which is which is amazing. Redemption machine. We're gonna do redemption machines. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do slot machines and stuff like that. Who the hell cares about video games? We'll put out one game every seventeen years. Who knows? Uh, it was also uh, around the time that uh, things went kind of sour between them and. Uh, Hideo Kojima, uh, Kojima, and yeah, because you, you had the Metal Gear game coming out, and then there was a falling out before it even was released, right? Uh, and that was the last major Metal Gear game, correct? Yeah. So they did Metal Gear Survive afterwards without his input, and it was just like it was a it was an online game, basically like a survival online game. Um, so it got scrapped, and uh, well, Pat knows, and I have some link to the person apparently who scrapped it. It's really funny how these things work and yes. and how these things are even kept secret because this is such a big thing like to me in the history of games looking back that you all remember Pearl from Konami out Pearl there. Pearl from Konami. And then, uh, then Bandai Namco. Going back was uh, our uh, representative from Konami um, and she... Uh, hooked up and helped us in our early NES marathons, particularly by providing uh, free game codes that we could give out during the marathon, which really was great because it added a bit of legitimacy, I think, to the marathon to be like Konami yes. is, is sponsoring this. Konami is, while, while, while they're still doing games. So going back to, to like E3 2010 and 11, I would uh, interview uh, Pearls, my favorite part. She, she would also go to Comic-Con. Uh, she, she's one of the best humans I, I know. Um, I, I remember interviewing her about the new Burger Time. Uh, uh, was it Burger Time game? Automedius X Excellence. Automedius Excellent. Yeah, uh, was there. We had a fun interview about that because obviously that game is all uh, jiggle physics as a shooter. It's insane. There was literally about, a uh, touchpad on the arcade machine that would make the boobs jiggle. So it was fun interviewing her about that, and then the new new Frogger. Maybe it was a Burger Time. It was the new Frogger and lots of other stuff that Konami was doing. It was the world was entirely different than looking about 2010 11 E3. Oh, like yeah. entirely totally different. Crazy. We don't even have smartphones yet uh back then. So I've known Pearl forever. Uh and so she tweeted after first of all Kojima tweeted it's been 8 years just a screenshot of PT. Pearl then tweets and this blew up so much so that, that I, I think she had to put her account on private because she was getting so many uh messages and I think this was picked up by the, the news. Pearl Fun fact, since I was the, the, the uh, 1P lead at the time at Konami, I helped get this product set up on the storefronts, meaning PT. Fake publisher and everything. And I was the one who had to call Sony and ask them to take it down and block re-downloads. That was a super fun conversation. <laughs> and then crying while laughing face. So I'm picturing, if you don't know Pearl, she's very unassuming and, and, and very, very sort of mild-mannered. And I can't picture her having to be the one responsible to just be like calling Big Sony, like having this is a major deal, this game that was going to come out and saying, uh, yeah, Sony. It's not happening anymore. Uh, take this down. down. And people that already downloaded it, and delete, they can't re-download it. And so <laughs> I've been like, are you fucking crazy? This was unheard of at the time. Right. Something just happened. Yes, it was. Especially when you find out what it was for. 
a major a major franchise release from crime. Remember, there's, there's been a Silent Hills movie for God's sakes. Like this is a Silent Hill. Silent Hill. It was going to be called Silent Hills, I believe. This, this oh, game, okay. but this was a, going to be a major game release, like a major one. Yep. And that Pearl Pearl's the one. And people still like. talk about it. No one. People have oh. never stopped talking about it because it was a very tightly made, scary, interesting demo. Yeah. Uh, and that you're in the house walking around, right? Yeah, and it's an infinite loop, and you find, th- yeah, yeah. It was just, it, and people kept finding secrets and things that were hidden in it, and it was just an incredible. It, it got people really, really excited. I just think it's funny that Pearl did that. I like, can't imagine she's so unassuming that to be like, this is this is going to go down as one of those weird moments in game history where it was the effect of digital becoming more popular. You know what I mean? So like, you you can't access it. You had to have a PS4 that had the console that had had on the console still, right? Yeah, mine of, still has it on there. I guess if you can probably hack it and get it on there somehow nowadays. But, I'm sure. You know, that's just so funny how 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 things work out. Uh, remember, this used to be the official podcast for Public Battlegrounds G. Public Battlegrounds G, that's our right. favorite, our favorite uh, battle royale shooter. Um, just a little bit of news: it recently went free to play, and apparently has been gaining eighty thousand players. Per day. It really is public battlegrounds. Uh, since going free to play. And holy shit, it wasn't that long ago, or it wasn't that recent. It was actually January 12th, 2022. Um, and a steady inflow of more than 80,000 new users per day. That's wow. insane. Wow. They, they, they said, hey, Fortnite worked for Fortnite. We can do it. Plus, this game's been out forever at this point, right? How long has this game been out? For five years? Uh, it's, been it's been a while. I'll look it up. I feel like it was even closer to like when we started. Um, it was before Fortnite, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, it was. It was absolutely before Fortnite. Fortnite's only been a few years. Uh, it came out two thousand sixteen. It's been six years. Wow. Well, it says this, this game called Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. I don't know what that is, but Public Battlegrounds G has been out for six years. That's right. <laughs> that is right. I mean, that's the wave of the future. I mean, I guess they, you made all your money for the first several years uh, having it being you know a, a paid game. Why not go free at this point and then just do? The you know the accoutrements so doing the skins and such. Six times. What are you looking at? Eighty. You doing some Ian math? How many new people that is? Seventeen million two hundred and eighty thousand new players since they went free to play. Hey, you know your kid playing Fortnite. You discover this new one that's free. You don't have a credit card. You're going to play it. Why Honestly, not? I I think it's probably why because uh, it was more recent. I think it's probably it's probably a decent part of why Fortnite did eliminated building from the oh, that's game. right we never talked about that yeah they got because rid of the building they got rid aspect. of building it's called fortnite zero build now honestly i haven't played it since but it 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 made me interested in going back to play it because i love the, the the battle royale idea is fun i think it's a neat way to play a game but um building stuff like... i hated the building stuff hated it i just felt like it was extra tacked on and people figured out how to cheese building and like uh-huh. it would get down to one verse one and someone would like insta build this crazy fucking tower and yeah i i hated the game when it came to building and with uh public battlegrounds g going free to play uh, i feel like a lot of the people who are playing Fortnite because it was free but hated the building were like well now there's this other game sure. that I can go play. I don't know. Is this something where you can grow up and graduate to PUBG from Fortnite? Is it, I don't think there's any go- growing up that's, I mean, necessary. It's not like one is particularly more mature than the other. One's a little bit more realistic, I guess. Well, that's what I mean. Style, like, like the style of, of Fortnite is very cartoony. Yeah, I mean, and, and and PUBG is a little more, a little more closer to, like you said, reality. I think you play what you know. 
you play what you know up. Oh, this is a, I'm looking at this. Wow, they're they're working on Assassin's Creed uh a little promo so that they got work. Wow, maybe this might be a battle in the future because every other week now Fortnite's like, hey, we added a, a, a new a new sports figure to the game. We added a, a new Scooby Doo's coming. I don't know if Scooby Doo's coming to that. Uh, they they keep adding all these IPs. They just added Goku. I Did they see? I guess I mean they, they add all these IPs from all over the place where it's almost become its own. I don't know. It, it's almost like become the dominating theme of, of that is that they have all these new characters. They had the Thanos and they had the Avengers in it and they had everything else. So I don't know. It's interesting. Good good for you, uh, public battlegrounds. Gee, good for you. Uh, EA acting a fool, of course. Oh, right? EA is always acting a fool. Uh, EA has released another statement that I can't believe these get out like this. Um, Loot boxes are part of FIFA that players love. So this is coming from IGN. It's by Ryan Dinsdale. Uh, EA is defending has defended its use of loot boxes in FIFA 23 by calling the option to spend money on Ultimate Team Packs fair and something that players love. The oh full God. quote is, we wholeheartedly believe that Ultimate Team and Foot Packs, which have been part of the game for more than a decade, are a part of FIFA that players love. EA said fans love that the game reflects the real-world excitement and strategy. The The real-world excitement and strategy of building building and and managing managing a squad. squad. Giving players the choice to spend if they want to is fair. Fans... Okay. okay. The real-world excitement and strategy part is what kills me because there is no strategy to random loot packs. Strategy would be building your own teams for online and having severe caps and things like that that would make you build within limits. That would be strategy. Strategy here is who's got more money to spend. Yeah, in reality, teams don't build randomly. They draft players they think they're going to pan out. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And they trade for players. They don't they don't like roll roll a roll a die and say, "Okay, I got a better player." That's not how the real world works with teams. No, not at That's all. not how it works. It's not it's not chance. Nope. That's not you're not emulating anything. No, you're not at all. It's insane. So, um it's worth saying it's worth they they said they said this. It's worth saying they said this. It's worth saying that spending is entirely optional in our game. And we do not encourage spending o- over earning rewards. But gameplay. you do, as it points out again, and we have, I think we talked about this before, um, that uh, it came out in internal documents. Yeah. Uh, loot boxes. Okay. Leaked documents from October last year. We, we did cover these uh, revealed that the publisher seeks to funnel players towards ultimate team. Okay. Of course they do. So, you know, they're saying that nine out of ten football packs opened in FIFA 22 were earned. Whatever uh, they don't, they don't encourage spending over. Yes, yes, you do. You make you make the the requirements to get free stuff astronomical. After a while, that grinding out the packs is just not time efficient. Sure, of and course with, they're funneling people towards it, and with the number of players, it doesn't matter if you say it's only ten percent because that's still a huge number. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guarantee you, those ten percent are obviously the whales, right? And they're obviously paying quite a bit because yeah, they want to get the best players. They're going to spend until they get the best players and kick your ass out of an online game, and then do it all again next year. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't understand how that's fun to anyone. I don't either. I think uh, I it preys, like we've said before. I think it preys on people who are, who have to get complete sets. It preys on people um, who are obsessive compulsive. Preys um, on people with gambling addictions. 
Uh, Netherlands and Belgium have, have both banned loot boxes. Like I said, Europe's always ahead of us when it comes to stuff. Uh, they're deemed to be gambling in those countries. Given that a player can spend pennies and receive a top-rated player or hundreds and receive very little of value. There you go. There you go. Well, what are you going to do? EA's going to EA. So the next is a, is, a, is something that I don't know if it would be a main topic usually. Depends upon the time. But it's nuts. And this has happened more than once, it seems. This comes, uh, it was reported, our, our favorite Twitter account, Web3 is going just great. Um, you know, I'm not following that on my new account. I need to change what that What the hell's right wrong now? with you? It's, it's the best account I ever. I know it is. It's... That and Crypto Bros Taking L's is another good one. I don't follow that one, though. But that's also a good one. So there was a game that was on Kickstarter. I, be- I don't know if we covered this or I'd heard it. It's called Untamed Isles. We might have brought it up at some point. Might there were a lot up. of Pokemon adjacent uh yeah, it's 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 you it's like games. an open open world Pokemon type of game. You, you get you get some animal partners and you you run around. You know, it's it's a Pokemon type type of game. That's what it is. That that's the market that they were gearing towards. That's the graphic style, uh, and in the video that you have these little little like dragon type of friend with you here. Um, uh, they had a pretty successful Kickstarter. Very successful. 3,000 backers for a total of, well, in U.S. money, uh, $535,000. Okay, so so New Zealand was 840. They're based in New Zealand. Uh, high production, it looks like. Looks like there's, you know, there's a demo of a game running, you're running around. It's like, you know, it's like cartoony Breath of the Wild looking thing with grass, and you're on an island, and there's, there's, two, there's animals fighting each other. So you have the trainers. It looks like you can have different parts. Uh, like like speed or vitality and strengths on the parts of your animal, and you know if you're into Pokemon, you can customize your character. This looks pretty cool. It's from it was from uh, Dire Wolf NFT and gaming. That that's your first uh, your first little fault like red flag right there. That that's that's the name right there. Yeah, going back uh, to the Web three write up, it says uh, although developers did eventually plan to add optional crypto elements for players who wanted them, it was not okay. primarily a crypto game. Okay. So they raised the majority of the money they needed. Obviously, this was supposed to come out. It looks like early it was going to be in December of 2021, and then costumes and stuff in January. So it looked like this was supposed to be, you know, on their way. Right uh, here's a problem that uh, they blew all the money they raised on, on on crypto. Here's the exact quote from uh, the update the creators posted. <clears throat> We leaned into the crypto market and expanded rapidly off the back of the positive interest. When the crash came, we ended up heavily exposed with too short of a runway. That's them saying we foolishly blew all your money on on a gamble and lost. Yep. Uh, And let me retranslate this. We leaned into the crypto market and expanded rapidly off the back of the positive interest. Uh, We stepped on the back of Rubes and uh, brought more people into this who are going to get hurt. And then we got hurt for being too stupid to realize that we were part of the fucking grift. We were perpetuating. It didn't get out. It didn't get out at the same time. So the, the money entrusted, and this is, and then people are commenting about this and I'll comment as well as, as a person who's, who's funded several successful Kickstarters and Indiegogo's and gave the backers precisely what they backed. This is why when people say Kickstarter is a scam, it's because of shit like this. Where it's people that were trusted and trusted uh, money that then did awful things with it, like buying. You hear sort of people buying cars or houses and blowing it and not spending it on what they're supposed to be doing with it. 
This is disgusting. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. To me, this should, to me, this is criminal to do this. Mm-hmm. That's all. It's like it's like it's all different than if I got. It should. Be, I mean, it uh, should be false advertising because uh, it wasn't money put into a game. It was money. Th- it was money that they then used to invest in crypto because they thought it was and, a sure thing. There's got to be some sort of false. And the worst part is, is that you know last year it was going up until the peak with the Matt, it peaked at the Matt Damon commercial. Yeah, the good old, the gold. What are you? What are you? What are you? Pussy investing crypto, basically, and then that was the very peak, and then from that point, it's plummeted like seven, what seventy percent? It went down from that point. Yep. Um. So, um, it's horrible. I don't know what Matt Damon thinks about that, but yeah. So this game ain't ever going to come out. Money's gone. The comments are, are obviously they're not happy. Pretty damn shady. This is from Kiwi Gamer. Pretty damn shady. Pretty damn shady. Throwing backers money into crypto trading rather than, you know, using it for the game it was intended for. Your main campaign page says full refunds. So what's going to be done here? Uh, uh, Joanna says, a super, a super backer, oh, I'm sure all the other indie devs will thank you for producing more distrust into anyone thinking about backing a game on Kickstarter. Yeah. Now, about all the refunds, me, myself, and all other people who back the game and, and not pretend crypto money, ellipsis, any update about this? How can we get the refund? Someone replied, well, we aren't getting a refund. Only those who pre-order the game on Steam are getting a refund. But you will only learn this through the Discord, it seems. So I guess, wow. So you get the money, these people, they blow it, the original backers. It's, tell Rico, it's an Amico situation. There, there's no money to pay these for these refunds. Wow. This is nuts. <clears throat> but according to, uh, from looking around, this happened with another game, it seems like last year, that they took the money and they, they gambled with it. That's like if I did, you know, Path the Angus Punk Volume Three DVD. Ian, I want to take the money and just just go go to Vegas, just throw it on black at roulette. Like that's it's literally it's it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's irresponsible to do that. Irresponsible. Was there any plan? Did they let the people know that they were doing this? Did they update them and say, "Hey, we're taking this money, and if we if we if we make clearly it big, not if we make it big, we can we can add on all this other game." I highly doubt that they just got greedy. Yep, with, with what they saw as free money. Yo, it's, can't lose, Ian. Crypto's only going to go. It's going to go up to a million dollars, Bitcoin. <sighs> Get in early. Get in early. Get in early. At the bottom of the risks and challenges, the amazing Spider Phoenix pointed out, and in the case that Untamed Isles doesn't launch, we'll provide full refunds to all our backers. <clears throat> yeah, just fucking awful. Having to drop what you're doing to make a run at the post office is a major pain, especially when you've got more important things to do. So stop mailing and shipping the hard way. Stamps.com is your 24-7 post office that you can access from anywhere. Skip the headache with Stamps.com. It saves you time, money, and stress. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Stamps.com gives you all of the post office and UPS shipping services you need right from your computer. And you get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 30% off USPS rates and 86% off UPS. Whether you're an office sending invoices, an Etsy shop sending your products, or a warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com makes mailing and shipping a breeze. All you need is your regular computer and printer. No special supplies or equipment. Plus, Stamps.com seamlessly works with Shopify, Amazon, Etsy, eBay, and more. You're up and running in minutes, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send. You can even order shipping supplies through Stamps.com, including free priority mail envelopes and boxes. 
Don't mail and ship the hard way. Sign up with Stamps.com today. Sign up with our promo code CUPODCAST for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code CUPODCAST. So we attended and did a live CU podcast at Long On Retro Gaming Expo this past weekend, Ian. We had a good time. We did. It was fun. Uh, Last week, when we were discussing uh, all of the Amico documents, uh, quite frankly, we were running uh, long on the podcast, and there was stuff that we missed um, that we wanted to discuss in the fact book. Uh, There was a couple of key things in there that weren't in the pitch deck um, because this was internal the the fact book that really pointed out how some of the you know marketing and the uh the ever changing you know face of the amico um uh was 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 a lie uh internally they were they they were still relying on uh a lot of the retro market and stuff like that so we go into that so that said we're going we're going to transition now to us at long island with a lot of carbs from bagels and italian pastries inside of us <laughs> So last week we went over the um, the pitch deck, pitch deck, which would be the document that the employees of Intellivision or the CFO or CEO Tommy would have tried to uh, hook un- un- unknowing investors into a-, a bad business scheme. So we we brought up the 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 internal though the fact sheet or what the, the the employees would then like I guess when conversing with others like this this was for their eyes only this document the the company over, overview put together by Wed Bush where Michael Pachter actually works for that company it's like a securities uh, you know um, and trading uh, investment sort of company we looked at at, at Pachter we didn't talk about this on the podcast either but we looked at Pachter and uh, he now resides at under 50% in terms of his predictions. That means Michael Pactor's analysis is worse than a coin flip. Yes. There's websites that track the predictions of people, you know, whether trading stocks or, yeah. So the next time he tells you the Amico is going to sell a million units or that Nintendo's going to die, uh, <laughs> yes. you can probably just disregard it. He's going to die. Um, so we went through some of this last week, but we didn't hit on some key points and. It was pointed out to us. Plus, we talked about this for forever last week. Uh, first of all, is there anyone here who is not familiar with the Intellivision Amico? If so, if so, I envy you so much that you know nothing about anyone else. We have one person, one in the back, three. These are the well-balanced people that don't dedicate their lives. There's like seven people. Okay, so it's a uh, it's a failed, awful uh, video game console that was proposed in 2018, uh, and then it was supposed to come out October 10, 2020. It didn't happen. They, they, they delayed it at least three times or four times. And then... Um, so they delayed the original date. They delayed, they delayed the April date. They delayed the October date again. Of 2021. Yeah, and they didn't really say end of date, year, but they were like end of year 2021. They were like, we, we should have some units going out. Uh, the point is, is that it was running to the ground, the company, and this isn't going to come out unless they get someone with a crazy amount of money to bail them out. Uh, ruined, ruined. It was running to the ground by Tommy Tallarico, who, if you did not know, is Tommy a Hall of Fame minor league baseball player. I, excuse me. Excuse me. A minor league Hall of Fame Yankee player. Yeah. For the Yankees. Any, so any Yankee fans here, they're, they're not that far in the Bronx. You've probably heard of them. Anyway, so we did discuss a couple of things here that really hit upon what they were trying to do. And again, these are the internal documents. This is the stuff they didn't want people to really, like drunken podcasters like us, to come see. 
So they hit they hit upon that, you know, in television, it's an old 40-year-old uh, IP at this point, and it's retro. So retro and vintage popularity are at their peak. Vintage gaming continues to rewrite history. Uh, this guy named Matt Piscatella said, great games plus nostalgia plus simplicity equals big dollars. So the math is simple. The, the math is simple, especially for the Intellivision. Okay, let's start with this. So th- this is going to be one of their tenets, I guess, in order to make this business work. Great games. So when you think of stuff in the past like Super Mario World, Legend of Zelda, you know, Metroid, Street Fighter 2, mm-hmm. those were what you called great games in the pantheon of retro gaming, right? right. Yeah, not, not Astro Smash. Shark Shark. Farkle. Finnegan Fox. Uh, running out of steam. Evil Knievel uh, mobile game. <laughs> so that's not... Cornhole. Hey, Cornhole's a great game, Thank but you. the one you toss in the backyard. Um, so that's not what you would say is a great game. It has to be, plus, it has to be earned. It's not up to someone else. It's not up to the person making the game or funny to say it's a great game. It's up to how it's received, how well it does, the critical reception. Let's hit on the nostalgia aspect nostalgia. of this equation. Which, which is what the CEO always claimed was not... What they were banking on. I, I, I pause. I have no. I, if you love the Intellivision, I'm happy for you. Uh, we all need something that we're into, and the Intellivision is just as good of a thing to be into as anything else. However, I would argue you if you were to claim to me that there is a widespread well of nostalgia to be tapped for the Intellivision. Yes. That now, is now nothing. Well, and we said that. Now four years ago, we said that when. Then it was dead, and now it's four years later. We're talking about a, a console that's now almost 45 years old. Yeah. We're getting there. Look Came at out 79. Look yeah. at us doing conventions again. Sitting here. What? Look at us doing conventions again. We're yeah. sitting here. We're friends. We're buds. It's a good time. Uh, just, just happy to be here. Okay. Anyway, continuing. I was going to say, this isn't our first convention we've done this year, but okay. I mean, it's, well, they don't know that. They don't know that. My memory is only so long term. <laughs> so... Great games plus nostalgia for games. So that's plus simplicity. So we talked about in the past how over-engineered the Intellivision controller is. It is not simple. In his quest to create the ultimate what-the-fuck-ever, uh, he, uh, he, 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 hammer- he, he wanted it so bad to be simple that he created all these ways for it to be simple, which immediately complicates it. Um, He wanted the controller to be pick up and play and accessible to everyone, yet you look at the, uh, any of the horrible deep dives they did on these, these shallow, shallow puddles, and um, for instance, the missile command one has like three different control schemes. Uh, with, with, tank with, battle did as well. Uh, tank battle did as well. Um, yeah. None of them really made sense, and uh, it... it Shark Shark had like a, like a tutorial you had to like look through in order to play the game, and it's just about eating fish. And, and the touchpad yeah. is overly sensitive to the point where it, none, none of this makes sense. If his goal was really to you know put this into the hands of grandmas, um, they're going to be upset. Yes, they're going to be angry. And they used to and he used to bank on imagine playing games with your mom again. And it was actually that like someone cut up a video online about he would use this line, which is a script in order to you know, sort of melt the hearts of the people he was talking to on YouTube that were susceptible to this sort of chicanery and carny talk. We're like, yeah, if your mom could pick up this Amigo controller and use it easily, do you think they would be able to? Versus, I don't know, like, what's so complicated about uh, a control pad and, and face buttons? Like, why is that? Tommy, you got to stop being a mom weirdo. Yeah, a mom weirdo. Um, 
There's a, a graphic here about Nintendo unloaded more NES classics in two days than PlayStation, Xbox, and Switch sold all June. So it's interesting that you compare it to, you know, a nostalgia, if you want to call it nostalgia grab, but the NES Classic was like the first product Nintendo did of that nature, really ever, an all-in-one unit. It was only $60. Remember, it was only $60 for that, for 30 games. Yeah. And good games. It's $2 a game. Yes, you only got that, uh, that single controller on that, but... There was other ways to hook up a second controller. The Intellivision Amico, if you wanted to compare it, you could have bought four NES classics for the cost before it went up again for an Intellivision Amico. Four of them. And plus you got uh, 30, 30 games that were tried and true in classic versus six or seven games where we didn't know all of them and who, who knows. And they were like, you know, you weren't playing them as long as Legend of Zelda. Shark Shark, you, you weren't going to uh, complete that quest. You know, it wasn't the same breadth of, of playing... Uh, of Legend of Zelda. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I can agree with that. So you look at this equation, and uh, I mean, obviously, I, I can't believe people get paid to say shit like this because it's so. Yeah, of, of course, if you have good games and nostalgia and some big. Okay, great mathematician. But um, <laughs> the problem is, with, there's a couple problems with this. Uh, one is um, Tommy, through the power of a book called The Secret, really loved to think he could just say something and it was true. So Tommy in his head wakes up in the morning and gets on his step stool and looks in the mirror and goes, I'm playing with the big boys today. I'm on the same level as Nintendo and Sony and Microsoft. So they look at something like Nintendo unloading more NES classics and he tries to sell you on the fact that we're going to do this too. You don't have the stuff that the NES Classic has on it. Yes, Nintendo, the NES Classic was 30 games distilled from a library of 800 yeah. North American and European games. So it's like that was the cream of the crop, and you had a lot to choose from, versus building from the ground up mobile-quality games that someone could put together in literally weeks. Like That's not the same thing as, as playing Super Mario 2, playing, playing uh, you know, Evil Knievel. It's not it's even not the, the same, same as thing. Mylan's Secret Castle. or No, that wasn't what was on there. It was... Uh, uh, the, the boy with the wand who makes the blocks. The Fire and Ice was the sequel. That wasn't on the NES Classic. Uh, no, no, no. Solomon's Key. Solomon's Key. Solomon's Key was on the NES Classic. Thought it was. It was, it was on the Switch online. Sorry. I know we love Sol- We love Tecmo. We love Tecmo. I don't think that made the cut either. I thought it did. That's, that's, a, deep, that's a deeper cut. Yeah, well, there were some weird ones on there. Anyways. Uh, moving, anyways. Anyway. <laughs> moving on. Moving you don't on. have the stuff to pick. Uh, you, you're, you're not picking from the same pool. <laughs> okay. We got the y- Yankees minor league baseball player. Moving on. Uh, quickly. Uh, the uh, other problem uh, uh, is uh, he never, in his outward marketing, uh, it, it was disingenuous. His outward marketing, he said he was never going for the retro game market. Yes, he came as after As soon us. as we, yes. and I think we got that in his head, and I think we made him feel weird about it. As soon as we came out with criticisms of this, he immediately switched from the I'm going to debut my dream at Portland Retro Gaming Expo to I'm going over only, uh, I'm going after only families, I'm going after moms. Going after the grandparents who want to buy stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Sure. He, he, he swore up and down he wasn't going for that market. But here in the internal documents, it's clear that's probably the only market he could get if that, he could grab it. Yeah, that, exactly. That's, that's what they got. That was going to be the base structure for the whole thing. Let's go down to page, I think, 17, 17. Yes, the go-to market strategy. And we did not touch upon this 
uh, as much as we should have. We talked about a little bit like trying to get on the show Ellen, social media push. He looks like he's falling over with the guitar. Like he's going to fall backwards like it's too heavy for him. Well, well, well it's, it's the high energy rhythm. It's, it's, it's going to blow you away. It's going to take me away. Um, so, tell Rico so this is on their go-to market strategy. Leverage Tommy as a promotional <laughs> celebrity along with over half a million active fan base of video game live concert series. Okay. How many of you know of like how many of you sitting in here if someone walked up to you and said do you know who Tommy Tallarico is would you be able to because, oh, before this before we start before, talking before, about this. well no I'm saying now and then I was going to see how many oh, of you okay. would have known about him before the Intellivision Amico. Okay. A few. Right. And this is no, what we, I we got we got about 16 people. You, you people know him from from music and stuff like that but he's not he's not someone you could leverage as a celebrity. That's what I'm trying to And then saying that there. you're going to advertise this garbage console to half a million people that literally come out to see an orchestrated musical show. That's not a target audience. That's there's no there's no Venn diagram there that meets. There isn't. So it, once in Buffalo I went and saw a uh, a really cool show. It was um, Tom and Jerry cartoons and then they did the orchestral score behind them. Oh wow. Uh, I have no idea who put that show on. I just know that that was a good show. You How saw, many you saw it advertised? You didn't know who right, produced right, it. Right, exactly. That's the exact same thing with here. No one is going to video games live because they're like, "Man, I fucking love Tommy Tallarico and <laughs> I want to support the shit out of him." No, they're like, "Oh, sweet, I can hear video game music, Final Fantasy music." Right, exactly. Hey, and the, then the they theme go, from Halo. And then yeah. they're probably like, "Who's this guy who's like wankishly air guitaring on stage?" And but they leave. I, you're not leveraging a five hundred thousand plus active fan base. Yeah. Um, to, 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 you're not mobilizing them to go buy your console. The next one is the one we really should have spoke about last week. Capitalize, Capitalize on, on, it. on nostalgia of Intellivision brand in 45 to 55-year-old segment. So, again, this system that is outwardly marketed as a, uh, you know, family-friendly console for, you know, young, young hip parents and their, their spawn um, <laughs> is, yeah, internally, 45 to 50-year-old segment, which... In reality, is all they ever got. Yes. And the fact, again, that, you know, we said this from the beginning. It's like, why are you capitalizing on it? You have the Running Man logo. You have the Intellivision name. You, you based your awful controllers on the original awful Intellivision controllers and the design. Why are you doing this? And, Tommy, we wade into the comment section of our, of our video post and be like, that's not true. We're not banking on that. It literally says that in their internal document, yeah. that that's what the whole point was, which was common sense, but because we said it, he couldn't acknowledge that we were correct on it, even though obviously we were. I, I feel like there, in, I, I wouldn't have said this a year ago, but I feel like looking back on it, there are points where we said something, he got angry, and then I think internally changed the entire, or at least outward marketing-wise, changed what he was saying to not look bad in light of the criticisms. But, this, but you, you were tied to this brand. Oh yeah. Obviously, when it comes to this, you're tied to this. It's, it's what you're. It's what was going to happen. And then the next one is unfortunate, and we're going to really try not to punch down too much here. Segment marketing of Intellivision brand in retro game market channels. So, for all, I don't even know what that means. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot of words to say nothing it means, to me. It means what what Tommy's strategy was, which he stopped doing. Going on all these smaller YouTuber channels, doing all oh, these two-hour sure. interviews, going on these weekly Amico podcasts, and 
to, to him at least, and intelligent, that was part of their market strategy, doing that. Right. Which is... It wasn't Tommy being a nice guy. It wasn't Tommy trying to help out these little small YouTubers. He wasn't just shooting the, the shit with his friends. This was part of their market strategy that you see in the document. There was a marketing ploy to get the information out there because that was their 45 to 55 year old segment in order to hopefully drum up support to show support for uh, investors. They would literally show, they literally had a super cut of all the people on YouTube, a couple people we know talking positively about the Amico and its prospects and they would cut up all that stuff and show it to investors. They probably went into a, a, a meeting had the pitch deck. Oh, here's, a, here's our super cut video of all these quote-unquote influencers talking positively about the Amico. This was a direct market strategy. Speaking of um, <clears throat> uh, uh, influencers, you'll see that uh, with no explanation of how they're going to get them or if they have ever gotten them, uh, the randomly listed names Ellen DeGeneres, Sean Astin. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Sean Astin. We're going to get a Goonie. Uh, Jim, I mean, I, I love Sean Astin, but... Who doesn't love, Sean, who doesn't love Sam Wise? When, when has he ever been a pitch man for anything? I don't know. Jim right, Parsons, he did, he did, yeah. He did narrate a video game documentary. I think it was a Power Up. Was it that one? Yeah. Legos and Vans. Yes. Get the shoes. We're going to get a piece together. Can, can we... I wish we could blow up. Can you see the demo pictures they have there of like what it would look like in the mall? Showing off the Amico. Oh, yeah. That's what that is. It's really tiny. Oh, my God. It's a trailer that looks like an Amico with a big open foot bath space, and that's the window that, like... Yeah. It's probably hard for... Well, they can probably see it better than us, how, how, how large it is behind us. So that never happened, no, that by never the way, happened. if you, you needed no. to be reminded of that. Yeah, that they, never they, they, wanted to do a mall, they wanted to do mall tours. Tommy had said that. That, that was part of their marketing strategy, like it was 1998. Hey, man. I mean, I saw the Philips CDI uh, uh, Nintendo games at a mall tour. There you go. Uh, but you, that was like 1992 pick, and, or three. And that was a huge success. You saw how well the CDI did. <laughs> so if you've got a mall uh, tour, you're going to do fine. I, I remember the CDI being demoed at Nobody Beats the Wiz. Shout out Nobody Beats the Wiz. All right. that's Come on. This is the audience that knows what that is. They hung in there until like the mid-2000s, I think, right? They hung in there. Uh, and then additional opportunities, Ian. Oh, <clears throat> additional opportunities. What page is that? I just lost 18. it. 18. Thank you. Intellivision is, is in an optimal position to take advantage. So, yes, 18. Take advantage of the intersection of video games, sports entertainment, and, and health care. <laughs> Oh boy, how did we miss this last week? We didn't, we didn't miss this on purpose in order oh, to milk this. The healthcare, um, healthcare reminds me of like all the things you learned to say in grade school to convince your parents that video games were good. The, uh, I mean, they doesn't say hand-eye coordination, hey, but it does say spatial navigation. Hey, the power pad is healthcare. It's it's fitness. Esports in television will make esports accessible to everyone. What, what are we doing? Grandma's going to get into that league. The we're, Shark Shark League. We are the rec uh, league of esports. Mm-hmm. Sponsor, sponsor back promoted tournaments for amateurs <laughs> as well as locally commissioned intramural and recreational leagues. Uh, they thought they were going to have local Amico leagues set up for, the, for their games. Amico sports. Sweep. Sweep the nation. Do you, even if the games were, let's say, even if the games were good, if, let's let's say they're good and fun. Sure. The the 
the logistics you would need in order to do these events so it would be a whole another business arm. This is not Nintendo never got into. This I was stuff. just going to say they did the they did the Power Fest stuff in the early nineties, and that was it. And that was just local promotional stuff for new games. I, I hate to uh, always bring Nintendo into it against to compare against the Amico, but again, if this was something that was going to work. Nintendo would have set it up with Wii Sports or Switch Sports or something like that. And monetized the hell out of it. And monetized it. They they would have had the arenas. They would have had the the sponsorships, the club memberships. You you could do this. No one did it for a reason, Tommy. The esports market continues to gain momentum. However, it excludes the casual gamer completely. Amico will allow the casual gamer to compete with the launch of the gamer rating system. Because there's never been matched lobbies before in any video game. Not once. We've never ever seen that. I just think it's funny how he was banging on, oh, these are casual. This is like a board game. You played his games for like 15, 20 minutes. That's all they're designed to. Now we're going to have you start competing professionally, potentially. Professional it, shark, just, shark. Professional cornhole, which exists like in reality. Uh, it does. Professional Farkle? We could do professional... It's like a Yahtzee type Yahtzee. Healthcare benefits. Here you go. You want to go over through the healthcare benefits? Yeah, so spatial navigation. Okay. Reasoning <laughs> enhances understanding of logic and self regulation. Dubious, Tommy. Uh, memory and perception. Practicing to focus and concentrate through puzzles and games. I, we saw no puzzle or. I guess they were trying to do. One, they were trying to do. Oh, well, yeah. One of the physical products was, was like a. A brain brain game. games, but we, it was uh, poorly ripped from an iOS, and we never actually saw it in action. I don't oh, think. I okay. think one of the one of the uh, the events. They might have had one it. of the stops on the Bangarang tour was uh, <laughs> they, they 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 showed that one off. Problem solving skills, and then group participation and teamwork. So so this is just at this point we're going to throw everything against the wall and see what sticks. Healthcare. Healthcare. Yeah. You, you see them emptying their bowels of ideas right here on this page. It's just everything Woo. is there between the past two pages. So I felt we had to go over some of this since we kind of missed it last week. And then you have some specs of the console and controller there. That, you get another like graph that looks like someone just put some paper up on a wall and threw a couple, <laughs> threw a couple pieces of putty at it. And they're like, sure, we can draw lines. Yeah, we went through that. this last time. But yeah, so that's it. And, and then there's the insane financial projections again that... Uh, this year, they were going to make uh, $221 million. It says here, on track for 10-10-20 launch date, which was totally uh, not true. Uh, also, we have successful demo at E3 2019 here on the page that says in television heading in the right yeah. direction. It's By all accounts, uh, this was dead after E3 2019. Yeah. So so that's that's the internal document that if you were a part of Intellivision, imagine, imagine being hired for Intellivision just to be like a programmer or work on IT they probably make you like read this on your first day you, you sign you sign oh you know you're signing your, your, your you know your your, uh, your w2 stuff and then it's like oh take a look at the internal data doc so you know what comp- the company you're working for and you have to uh, like read through this how horrific a first day that would have been oh yeah awful just terrible uh, and then just stopping on page 24 again real quick i know we talked about the uh, wonton splashing of company logos all over the place wonton splashing is that a, is that a new new it's a term. Qualifier? Uh, uh, wonton splashing of logos. Uh, Marvel. I, I don't know how I overlooked that. I don't Did think, we overlook that? I don't think Tommy ever once even insinuated that he was going to do any superhero or related stuff. Or Disney, for that matter. Ultron. Oh, Tron. You can say Tron. Tron, Tron. Tron. Yeah, yeah, even on the, the huge Atari H. You're right. I don't think I ever saw something that Marvel throw. Well, he loves Spider-Man, so he had to put it on there. Right. Probably. Uh, it's just wish casting. So, so there you go. Do. That's the story of the Intelligent Amico 
in, internal fact data sheet. Facts. Which is terrible. Factual information. All right. I'm going to cut the, co- uh, cut the signal there. Cut because the cord. That's because it's awful to look at. We're back. We're back. Well, that was a thing that happened. That sure was. Ian's tired from doing that talk. Oh, that was a long convention. A long, uh, long panel. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. If you haven't heard already, it's smooth sack summer when you're playing in the summer sun and make sure you're escaped from pubes to bum. That's right. This is the summer to keep your balls cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leader in below the belt grooming is making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pants partners everything they need to stay fresh. Dive headfirst into smooth sack summer by going to Manscaped for 20% off and free shipping with our code CUPODCAST. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 has everything you need to prepare that summer bod. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. That's a ton. Their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. No snacks! <laughs> you have the perfect haircut. Use Manscaped's liquid formulations to keep that freshness even at the hottest barbecues. Most importantly, use the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant to stay cool in the heat. With the soothing aloe vera formula, it's the best in the business for below-the-waist freshness. Manscaped even threw in two free gifts to their Performance Package 4.0. The Manscaped boxers and the Shed travel bag that will bring your comfort to another level. And if you're wearing sandals with some nasty toenails during the summer months, well, take a look at the Shears 2.0, a luxury nail grooming kit. This kit includes stainless steel nail cutters, tweezers, and grooming scissors. With the performance package, your balls will be ready to impress, but make sure you cover the rest with the Shears 2.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. It's smooth sack summer, boys. Get on board or get left behind. Ian. Patrick. There was a major, major um, Heritage Auctions, WADA, Greater Games event, the signature auction, August 5th to 6th. Yes. Obviously, at this point, it's almost a couple weeks old, but we thought this would be important to bring up. We didn't have time last week because this is the first one that we've tracked since the lawsuit, class action lawsuit announced in late May. And so, plus we have we have obviously the downturn of NFT and cryptos. We might be going into a recession, inflation. So a lot of things are happening here. Plus, we thought this was all colluded uh, uh, bubble anyway. Uh, so want to check in and see what was happening with 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 the results on this auction. And boy, they did not disappoint. They did not disappoint at all. Uh, this was being tracked not just by myself, people like a uh, friend of the show, Carl Jopes who let me know in a couple pieces of information that we will be uh, discussing. So before we get into um, the, 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 what we think is evidence of the bubble deflating quicker than Ian you know, popping a bubble yum in 1989, um, going for that analogy, I don't know. Uh, there, there were a couple of sales that were big. Not to say that these aren't, some of these are big sales, but we're going to look at sort of the history of these items and sort of the similar... Uh, grading and similar type, but there was a Legend of Zelda that went for three hundred eighty-four thousand. A Wada nine point six A plus sealed went for three eighty-four, which is nuts. Uh, we can't track any trend though, because this is the only one I saw 
Uh, historically, that was a 9.6 here. Right. So it's a little difficult to say much of anything. And the same with a duck hunt, which is actually a hell of a lot rare uh, because it's a sealed Matt Sticker First production, the one you get in the test market, like the one up there. I have one up in there, not sealed, though. Uh, that went for $144,000, a 9.2. Can't track it historically. Uh, what's been going on? But boy, oh boy, we can track uh, several others historically, what they've done over the past years. And boy, will we. Uh, so um, real quick, there's a couple examples from uh, that Carl sent me. GoldenEye 64 and Mario Kart 64. So he sent me these on the Discord. Uh, the GoldenEye, Ian, um, went for, this was a 9.2 A+. Plus sealed golden i64 it went for fourteen thousand four hundred dollars and you'd say to yourself well oh, pat that's a lot of money for a golden eye right oh yeah uh it is but you know what it was more in april it went for the same grade went for twenty six thousand four hundred dollars in april so that's a, a pat math decline uh, it about by uh, over 50 percent about it's about almost 50 percent decline about yeah 40 something percent and then before that, Ian, from April, um, it was at 31.2 thousand in January. So Pat Math, that's like a 65% decrease, 60% decrease in six months, in seven months, from end of January to early August. Wow. So the so the people that spent the money, and that's just this one grade, uh, you just lost at least. $17,000 in several months uh, for that one alone. Uh, the Mario Kart one, though, Ian, is even more alarming. You see the Mario Kart stuff? Which one? The 9.6? Uh, we're talking the 9.6, but also there's 9.4s here. Okay? So we'll go through these a uh, bit here. So um, the last one, it looks like, uh, let's see. Uh, August 5th, a 9.6 Mario Kart 64. A plus sealed. Do it once. Went for $48,000. All right. Common ass game, Mario Kart 64. Hey, you like it. It's Mario Kart. It's not even the first in the series, but whatever. That's We never even talk about that much. Why is it going for that much? It doesn't make any sense. People for, love it. That's all. $48,000 on August 5th, right? And it went for, let's see. Do we have a 9.6? You have close grades. People are going to say, oh, it's not the same one. You have this, you had ones going for more money in lesser grades. Yeah, early. from uh, December 9th, 2021, you have a 9.4 that went for 108000 So you have a better grade, nine, ten months later, going for, what is that, almost 60000 less? Yeah. A, a better grade. This is this. Well, this, and here's an, there is a there is a nine point six A plus plus seal that went in April of this year for one hundred and forty four thousand, and this sure. Mario Kart sixty four nine point six okay. A plus seal so the, went for forty eight thousand dollars. So a hundred grand, a hundred grand, a hundred grand decrease. And and before you you proponents that say, well, well, it's an A plus plus versus an A plus, go fuck yourself. Ask that person uh, that bought it uh, back in uh, April, only uh, a few months before, if they think that extra plus is worth $100,000 and try to convince someone else it is. Right. 
for a slightly a slightly better seal. It's the same uh, grade. I missed that, Ian. Good thing I, you we don't that even out. have to look at that though, because the fact that a a, uh, a, a higher graded went for l- lower than the, the lo- than, yeah. than the lower graded ones once before. A nine point four A plus in April went for sixty six thousand, so a lesser grade went for more, um, and then a nine point four A plus. In December, went for a hundred and eight thousand. So, whatever way you slice it, this is bad. That yeah, doesn't look great. This is not just a deflation. When you see this, this is the cliff. You are you are starting to tumble down the cliff. When you see this, October a nine point four A plus went for sixty six thousand. So all these lesser grades going for a hell of a lot more money and one going for 60,000 more and and a 9.6 going for almost 100,000 less in only 3 months that's ask yourselves out there people that are critical of us that obviously are heavily invested in this market do you feel confident now about this market and how it was formed do you think this was natural and organic or do you think it was a lot of people um partnering with each other and cooperating to sort of puff up this market and get in more money because they were in early, and now you have these later people being left with the bag. Is it, or is this just a correction to you? Is it a correction for something to drop $100,000 in three months? Is that a correction? There's more, Ian. Is there more? There's there's more. How about a Pokemon uh, Red? Uh, the Rotata version. I don't know what that means. I am not going. That, I don't know uh, what, what that means. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But so a Pokemon Red, nine point eight. Uh, Rotata early production. I don't know what that means. I'm not going to pretend to know uh, what that means. January twenty eighth, Ian. It went for seventy five thousand dollars, and then seven months later, the same exact. 9.8 A plus plus sealed the same exact production 45,000 dropped it dropped uh what is that 40% uh something like that dropped 40% in in uh in in 6 months 7 months 7 months uh drop right there you want to look at uh Mike Tyson I'm looking up someone for later on go ahead and do Mike Tyson Mike Tyson's punch out just went for this was a 9.6 A plus sealed. Later production went for a hundred and two thousand dollars, and then I will search right now on the handy dandy tab here. <clears throat> hundred two thousand dollars, August fifth. Um, let's see. I thought I had one queued up that was maybe it was a worse grade. Maybe that's what it was. Oh no, I'm sorry. Well, a 9.8. Went for uh, three hundred and twelve thousand uh, back in October. So if you make the argument that well, Pat, it's a point two above, it's going to be worth uh, over two hundred thousand more. I guess you can make that case if you want to, uh, but that's still that's still very troubling, very troubling. I thought I saw another grade though that went it was that was bad that that was okay. Oh yeah, okay. Here it is, Ian. This is what I wanted to say. Okay, the nine point six went for one hundred two thousand. A 9.2 went for more money in January. A lesser grade went for for, went for $114,000. So you that bought that lesser grade for more money, you think you feel confident about that investment? You think you feel confident about that 
not knowing how many of these are out there that are still still being graded. There's a year backlog reportedly of water grading these. CGC is starting to grade these. VGA, people have... Buy the dip, they say. Buy the dip, just put in more money. Just put in more money. Keep buying to keep the prices going. What's the one Ian, you wanted to comment on? Uh, I was looking up Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay, well, that, that's the denouement. Yes. Because that one's bad. Yeah, we'll, we'll I come mean, to these, are all, these are all bad. We'll come to Sonic in a we'll, second. We'll come to, to Sonic in a bit. There's a lot of uh, facets to Sonic. When I first saw uh, Resident Evil, Ian, I was like, this is impressive. This is interesting. The long box PlayStation games, I actually have some down there. I, I think they're interesting to collect the long box. Totally the very, very first PlayStation games. Yeah. So it wasn't a huge amount. Was there 30 or 40 of them? There wasn't like a huge amount. No, of them. not a ton. Um, when it came out for the first like six months or so before they went to the small. They've got longer yeah. art. You know, they looked kind of interesting. There was this weird. The ridge on it. Yeah, there was this weird, uh, I don't know, desire in like the mid to late 90s to start putting all of these games in long boxes for reasons I never understood when CD cases just seemed to make so much more sense. Yeah. Uh, PlayStation had long boxes, Saturn, Sega CD. Dumb. Okay, so this one I thought, well, this is impressive. I thought that, okay, this went for $192,000. By the way, you can make an offer to them immediately for $288,000 blows my mind mm-hmm. who the fuck would do something like that by the way who would say well i just lost on it here's here's uh, almost a hundred thousand more because i missed out on it. who the hell would think that right good? is there someone out there that would be dumb enough to do that i guess so with this market and people throwing this money around i just want to get out of it what i put into it so so i went for a hundred and ninety two thousand dollars i said i said ian that's impressive they're not all bad uh but then i looked at past sales the same grade a 9.6 a plus in October, went for $264,000. It's a $70,000 uh, decrease in, in uh, about 10 months. 70000 increase. That's a house in the Midwest. That's a pretty damn nice car. Yeah. Fools and their money, huh? Do you think these people that even bought, they bought these in 2021... In 2000, uh, basically 2021, where we saw the craziness happen with the Mario 64, you think they're they're starting to panic? You think they're like, wow, what the hell did I get myself into? Well, um, I don't think, I, probably not, because the people who got into this were people with money to burn. Doesn't mean you want to lose money. People, a lot, the reason no, why, it doesn't, but I don't think they're panicking necessarily. Uh, I don't know. There's a reason why you know, people are frugal that, 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 you know, a lot of people earn their wealth from, from not from necessarily from scratch, scratch, but they think about these things. This is alarming. This is sure. alarming. You don't want to just toss around money that doesn't be lost. That's Maybe my they opinion. They didn't earn their wealth. What's that? Maybe they didn't earn their wealth. So, yes, I guarantee you some didn't, but I think some did. Some think that this probably was a wise investment, like their other passive investments. You know what I mean? Uh, before we get into Sonic, Ian, what is conspicuous in its absence? What game is has been more conspicuous in its absence? Uh, my, I think people are afraid to see what happens with the next Mario 64. So you have not really seen Mario 64s put up for auction. Uh, not yet. Not in the same quantity. No. The most common, the most common N64 game by probably a decent margin. Um, you are not seeing the plethora of them being auctioned uh, like you did last year. Sure. I don't want to say there was a glut, but you definitely saw people cashing in and the auction houses who get their 20% or 25% use on top. You see them as well. Uh, you know, they cashed in and there's, um, there has been, there has been a, a lot less. Only a 9.4 came to auction recently and, and a nine came to auction 
um, and a 9.4, I think they are deathly afraid of doing those those 9.6 and 9.8s. Yeah. They're out there. Sure. I think they are deathly afraid uh, of uh, auctioning them off. Now, I'm just curious what the 9.4s have been going for, because those are the only ones that looks like with a record uh, recently. 9.4s. Uh, so there was a 9.4 A plus that went for 33.6 in August. And before that, um, 33.6. Before it was, there was one that went for th- uh, 30. So about the same. Not a lot of Mario 64s on here. Yeah. At 9.4, a lesser grade went for more money in January went for 38. I think they are scared to bring out the Mario 64s. Sure. I think Heritage Auctions and the sellers are fucking scared, and they should be. They should be. You should be crapping your pants out there, uh, especially if you bought the ones for 1.5, and then the ones below that went for was it with like several hundred thousand and 500, the ones that came out after those 9.8s, the one yeah, that was, was a like BGA a equivalent. Yeah. You should be crapping your pants because you got fucked. You got fucked. And, they, and the fact that we're not seeing 9.6s even being auctioned off. Well, they say there's only three right now. For nine point eight? Oh, nine point eight, right? Yeah. No, nine point eight. There was. I thought there was three. There was three. There were auction, but there's. There's. I think there's more uh, out there. Oh, I'm sure there's more uh, out there. But when they released the reports, the population reports, I think it only said there was three. Oh, I thought there was more than that. I thought there was. Uh, I thought there was at least five. But anyway, either way, the fact that we're not seeing even nine point six being auctioned off, and these nine point fours are in lesser quantity, I think they're scared because that was the linchpin. That's what got all the eyes on it. That's why I got Carl, Carl, Carl on Discord. Hey Pat, what's up with this with this Mario Kart sixty four? That's what he said to me a little over a year ago. I said, uh, "Well, here's 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 why this is crazy." That's what happened. So it was the worst thing that they got the eyes, and obviously that was the crazy peak uh, for a lot of this stuff. All right, so here's the weird one to close off this the, segment with. He, the craziest one, and your guy too. Your guy, your guy, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog. Wada 9.6, A seal. Okay. What did it just go for? Sold for $102,000. Oh, on the service, Ian, that's a lot of money for uh, for the most common uh, you know, Genesis game. Oh, sure. Uh, however, what? What? it went for, uh, I don't think it was a, uh, it's not a like not for resale one, so it's probably not as common, but still, sure. whatever. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, Wada 9.6, A sealed. Pretty sure it's the exact same one. Sold in October 2021 for $312,000. Roughly a two hundred thousand dollar loss and if you want to see something else um the one that just sold uh for one hundred and two thousand dollars is a wada 9.68 seal an a seal okay a sonic the hedgehog wada 9.6 b plus seal in January on January twenty eighth, twenty twenty two, sold for two hundred and forty thousand dollars. So, so again, a, again, a copy in a minorly better condition, but a better condition has sold for over fifty percent less than a uh, than one that sold in in January. Two hundred forty thousand, a worse condition one sold for a hundred and forty thousand more. That person lost at least a hundred and forty thousand dollars in six months. This is what happens um, when people don't do their due diligence, don't know the history of game collecting, don't know what's actually coveted, what games are actually rare. 
this is what happens when you uh, allow articles to be written by authors uh, who run amok with not checking facts, not knowing relations between people, um, interviewing dentists, dentists for some reason, think that they're like some sort of big collector that knows a lot what's going on when they're just investing and speculating. This is this is the result. This is the result. And this is just the beginning. This is not the end of this. This is not a correction. We're talking six-figure, six-figure losses in months and only a couple of months in a couple of uh, places, in a few months. You th- and you think, you think the people that already have money in this, they see this, they're thinking this is going to go back up, or you think they're going to try to dump as quickly as possible? We're going to dump. They, yeah. they tried they, they they tried their experiment uh you know they're gonna take I, their poops I mean I have a source who works with uh who works with people that quote unquote got into this the past few years and they want to get out some were saying they started saying how do I get rid of this stuff as expediently as possible sitting up on the next auction and you watch the prices go down but, and down and down but her, it's in heritage auctions interest not to put them out as quickly as possible they, they're gonna put these out as slowly as possible over years yep that's the problem now, is that there's this huge backlog. It's like the same with the Pokemon cards. Once everyone saw the crazy prices, everyone went into the closets. They're going to get them graded, but there's so much out there. There's not enough. There's not enough new buyers, or there's not enough um, auction slots to even get the stuff. Well, yeah, this is this is very basic. So, like, it, you know, the, the, they start throwing stuff up there to sell it as quick as possible, but people see these auctions and they're like, no, I don't want to get into this. So they don't fucking buy anything in your market dwindles. And eventually there's no one to get rid of it too. There's no, nothing to reclaim. There's no money. You can't get it back. I got to check in with our favorite team. Our Spider-Man for the Atari 2600. It's oh our, yeah. It's, our please, favorite. it's the poster boy for this. In my it opinion, is. it's my favorite. <clears throat> remember this. Remember it started about $10,000 for a, a sealed Spider-Man 9.8. Uh, back then, we said this was uh, fucking in- insane for it to go for ten grand. Uh, I think it was like nine, almost ten grand. It was like nine point six, whatever. And then we just saw it dwindle and dwindle. We're like, well, this is common sense because this is not rare at all, and there's a ton of them. Uh, the last one uh, looks like uh, went uh, nine point eight June thirtieth, eleven hundred dollars. It went for eleven hundred dollars, and that's with and that's with the obviously with the uh, the consignment fee on top of it. So it actually got bid up to less than a thousand dollars on that. Um, it's it's remarkable to see that someone would still drop a thousand dollars on that game. To to see the amount of sealed Spider Mans on here. When you search Spider Man sealed, there are there's dozens of them in their cute silver boxes. Oh yeah, in September two thousand twenty, it was four, uh, four and a half thousand dollars. Yep. October it went down to one point eight, and then. Yeah, if you have those lesser condition ones, you're just screwed entirely because there's there's tons of 9.8s. January of, of 2021, $1,900. Uh, February, like, you just see this decline. Yeah. The fact that it's even still at $1,000 is remarkable to me. It just, it's just remarkable. It's remarkable. Whoever owned, whoever, probably the one or two people that owned all those Spider-Mans, they cleaned the hell up. They were sitting on their crusty old boxes for decades wondering i can't give these away and all these rubes just spent all this money on the on these ass common games remarkable ian well that's all i got to say about that um yeah Yeah. oh by the way i put a note here about the mario 64 i double checked it the 9.6 halved in price in april yeah we talked about that we We talked about that yeah 
Okay. Again, this is why... Because it was uh, it halved in price. We definitely did not forget uh, to talk about that. So this is why they don't want to put out those 9.6 and 9.8s. They're yeah. afraid. Heritage is afraid. And whatever the people in the community that work uh, sort of arm in arm with Heritage, they're, they're afraid. Their investments are, are, are screwed. Uh, people like um, uh, Nerdy Girl Comics Danielle... Um, who who yelled at me in person at Portland 2019 because you thought I was crazy. People heavily invested. This is why people come after you. This is why I get nasty emails from people because when we talk about it, we are hurting bottom lines potentially because we were talking the truth. When money is at stake, people get nasty. They get nastier. They, they get more do. aggressive. Um, so uh, Danielle, uh, when I said hi to Danielle at uh, – at Comic Con, I want to have a pleasant conversation. She uh, bristled and ignored me. I said I just moved on. Uh, wasn't wasn't too friendly with me this year because the writing is beyond on the wall. Uh, the, the writing is, is 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 fucking dripping down at this point with with tears of people that got in uh, early. You might be okay, but you got in that medium uh, or later, you you were screwed. Especially if you didn't sell it to sell this stuff right away. So there you have it, Ian. Anything else? No. Okay. Ian, we have a Patreon, don't we? We do. Patreon.com slash podcast. You go. Uh, you part with money. Uh, and we thank you for it. And you get the full video podcast. You get the bonus uh, episode bits that we record before we do the main podcast. You get writings from me. Most weeks. I'm behind. It was a long week. I'm very sorry. We'll get one to you uh, very soon. We will. Uh, well, you upload it. <laughs> I'm, the, you... I'm, the del- I'm the courier. Yeah, you're the, you're the delivery <laughs> method. Uh, and we also do these. Oh, we do hangouts. There's an enamel pin you can get. There's a tier with enamel pins. There's a pin club. Pin and, club. And, and now, we do these polls. In second place, I thought this one would have won out by now, but good job that Boardwalk won one a few weeks ago. Is grading or reselling worse for video game collecting at 27%. And in first place, this is almost too much clickbait. We needed something. What would we do if we retired from the internet tomorrow? Ian, what would you do besides munch on more bagels if you retired from the internet tomorrow? If I could retire from the internet tomorrow, I would start a food truck. Um, I love to cook. I love to cook for people. Um... I have even, in the past couple of years, considered, before I got my new job, I considered maybe looking into getting back into, like, prep work in in a kitchen, if I could make enough money doing it. Um, Because I like it, and I especially like prep work. I love love dicing and cutting and slicing and chopping, and all of that I find find great, great joy in it. Um, But... You know, I, I realized I don't want to go back into, you know, restaurant work as as a job. Um, so if I were able to, and boy, howdy, I can't. But if I could retire tomorrow, um, I would absolutely start a food truck and I would do it uh, a few days a week. Have uh, you looked into the cost of, of, of that just for the heck of it? Like getting a food truck or getting one that's used or get, no, because I wouldn't because where I'm at realistically in my life right now, if I were to do that, it would have to be a grind and I'd have to be doing it every single day. Would you have to learn how to drive the food truck? Mm-hmm, maybe. Um, but the I, I know how to drive. I have a license. It just terrifies me. Um, 
but I don't, yeah, I wouldn't want to do it every day. So I would want to do it on the weekends, pull up outside of events, bars, whatever. I don't know what food I would do. I don't know that I would do a specific food. And that's mm. another thing. If you don't do a specific food, you don't get the same return audience. So this is very specifically, I have money to burn and I could retire um, because I would probably change the menu every oh. time I went out. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm reading this question differently. So if you have money to burn, so if you had basically your druthers and you Well, had... if I could retire from the internet tomorrow, it would be because I have money to burn. I'm 40 years old. Gotcha. So that's that's what I would do. Um, and I, I, I would love doing it. Because like I said, I love cooking for people. I just don't want to do it as a job where people can yell at me. I would want to be able to do it on my terms. People well, yell you in a food truck? People yell all the time, man. I never saw anyone yell at a food truck person before. No, no, do you no, go to no. a lot of food trucks? <laughs> I mean, maybe not as much as I used to. The thing about the OG food trucks at, uh, at Rutgers back in the day, they had the famous huge sandwiches. They still talk about those gigantic sandwiches you get at the Rutgers food trucks back in like the late 90s, early 2000s. To go more with the um, spirit of what I think you thought the question was, if I retired from the internet tomorrow, but I did not retire from the internet tomorrow because I had lots of money and I could, uh, I mean, right now, honestly, I would probably leave San Diego. Probably leave San Diego. Uh, move someplace a a little bit less expensive, um, and you know, double down on my job for the time being. So, so, so the the podcast is, is keeping you localized. You're saying partially. Uh, yeah, it it partially is for both podcasts. Honestly, okay, yeah, both podcasts. You know, keep me kind of local, uh, and I'm not in a huge you know hurry to get out of San Diego. But, um. If I stop doing internet stuff entirely, yeah, I'd probably consider at that point maybe leaving San Diego. Okay, I took this in two ways, this question. Occupation, and in general, what would I do? I took it two different ways. Uh, so I'll do the, f- the first one uh, in general. What would I do if I were tired of the internet tomorrow? I think I would, uh, I would relax more because uh, being on the internet is, is um, there, there's like responsibilities in terms of like watching out uh, in terms of uh, pr- not just producing stuff, but in terms of how you present yourself. Um, and not to say that it's a facade, but y- you can't necessarily show all different parts of you all the time because it's not just for people e- either coming after you for things you say or do, but there's people get weird reactions to certain things. There's a reason why I mostly kept like my you know past relationships uh, with women like p- very private. I did not put that stuff on social media. I did not put stuff on Instagram. I did not, you know, tweet out, you know, pictures of us because people are weird about that stuff. And that's one of the reasons why I see people like, I think um, Tom Holland just says, I'm leaving social media. Uh, was it uh, Bobby Millie, Millie Brown from Stranger Things that says, I'm leaving social media. Millie Bobby Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. Excuse me. Uh, that they're leaving social media. And these are young people realizing that there's a lot of pressure. Uh, because... And that's how you know they're smart, because yes. for us, social media has always kind of been an adjacent thing. It came in at a late point in our lives. And while it has overtaken a lot of our lives, um, these are kids who have had social. these are well, not kids anymore. But these are young adults who have had social media basically the entirety of their their meaningful lives teenage years for as far back as they can remember it's there so to actively recognize that it is unhealthy and to cut that out of your life when it is such a part of it and has been instilled in you that's smart that's foresight and i i I really do wish them the best best and i bet you they are far mentally healthier than a lot of people because of it yeah i I mean i was still retired the internet to me means like you know the public face yeah i still check my bodega cats and things like that 
and, and, and seeing crypto bros taking L's and things like that. And, you know, the, the NFT debacles, but I, but to be separated from interaction, I it would be nice. Uh, people, people talk at you with social media and expect a response, even though you're not, it's not ever obligated. And I think they don't understand that. I, and so, you know, it's, it, it, to me, it's like, some, it's, it's almost like if, if I'm like outside relaxing and people just drive by and yell from their car and expect like an interaction. That's the way I look at social media sometimes. And it's like, well, it, it serves a purpose, but you're always, it's always there. It's always in your mind. It's always on your phone. It's always near you. Um, so that's, so I, I think I would be, I would be a little more relaxed uh, if I retire from the internet tomorrow. In terms of occupation, that, that's a more open-ended question. Um, I, think, I think I would always do something uh, creative, storytelling. Uh, I, always, I, I, want, I wanted to write a book at some point. I think I still want some. I, 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 I've written books now or produced them. I mean fiction. Uh, screenplays, things of that nature, some creative endeavor. Maybe I would love to try voice acting. I, th- I think I have a voice that is expressive that I could do that. Uh, I've gotten little offers here and there, but nothing has come through yet uh, with that. Maybe in the future. Uh, in terms of regular acting, that would be interesting. But I never, ever saw myself uh, wanting to do that to be so. It's funny because I've been front of the camera here or NES Punk. But like acting professionally, I never saw that as a, as a dream of mine uh, to do that. I think I could try it, but I don't know how I'd like that. Um, it's al- It's almost like... I, I, I more enjoy being myself and stuff like the podcast. I like doing it in short spurts. I, I think it's okay, but I don't know. I'd have to really think about that. I guess if I tried it once, I'd see how it worked. Um, I never, I, I never acted in a musical or a play. Um, I guess I yeah, guess short films would be the only thing uh, that, that I've done there, but I would definitely, definitely be writing still. That's still, that's still my passion. And my love is writing. That's still the first passion of mine. And I will be writing in the future. Something I, I can't really talk about. Uh, a couple of things I can't talk about. I will always be writing. That's honestly probably the most, in terms of when I do the NES Punk videos, that's the most enjoyment I get is when I'm actually writing the script. That's what I enjoy the most. And from there, it's like it almost goes downhill in terms of enjoyment. Shooting, I don't mind. It's goofy. And then post-production, editing, I can't stand. And that, that's what it is. If I, was, if I just wrote it and someone else shot it and edited it, I could, I could do them pretty, a lot, a lot more. I could be a lot more prolific with it if I could do that. I, I I would uh, I would probably uh, try try professional gambling. That I would say I always want to try poker. That's still uh, I wanted to try. I think I told you in 2020 before everything went to shit. I had some extra cash laying around, and I was like, you know what? If I want to do the World Series of Poker, it's ten thousand dollar buy in. I'm, I'm turning forty. I'll do if I do it once. We'll see what happens. If I lose the money, I lose the money. If I if I break even or get some money back or win a little bit, we'll do it. I think I want to do that still. Let's see what happens. That's what I do. All right, and I, and I would uh, I would uh, vacation and travel more. Sure, for sure. That's something that is a, is a big big personal sort of a not not, not I don't want to say it's a I, I don't want to say it's it's a character flaw, but I should be vacationing more. Absolutely, I haven't gone on a true true vacation in so long. So there you go. That's what we would do. And I got to take a, a an awkward snapshot of us for clickbait click a bait later. All right. We usually do uh do voice uh voice messages, anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. You go, you leave us a short short voice message, and we get back to you with our goofy, insightful, and or dumb comments. But we decided to do something special we haven't done in a while. 
Uh, we did a live sort of voice message question answer session at the Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. I thought it went really well. It might be a surprise at the end. Might be. So we're going to transition out of that. I can't believe you. Yes. Hey, Pat and Ian. My name is Justin. First of all, thank you so much for being here. It's we're so great having you guys. Here. Um, I'm a high school history teacher here on Long Island, and uh, one of the ways I always like to connect with my kids is uh, bringing in the retro games. I have a lot of good memories of playing Mario Kart after school or a little Mortal Kombat 2 on the Genesis. So my question for you guys is, was there a teacher growing up that was into gaming? And if so, is that someone that you were able to connect with for that reason, made maybe your classroom experience more comfortable? For me, it's, it's, it's been great. It's worked well. So, um, first of all, respect to you. My dad was a high school history teacher his whole <laughs> life. So I have a lot of respect for teachers. Um, no, there really wasn't. Not, not for me. There were some that were aware of them, but I graduated in 2000. And I could see that being a great boon in the classroom, a great way to connect. I know some friends you know, my age who are teachers now, and they love that they can kind of connect on that with kids. But I think I missed that, you know, we were the first generation to really grow up with them. So I think I missed that probably by about 10 years. Yeah, yeah I, I went to uh, like a Catholic grade school. So, I mean, in the mid to late 80s, the teachers, even the teachers that were in their 20s then, you know, were born probably like in the 60s. Sure. So it's like there's probably not a chance that they grew up and played video games. Then obviously you have the older ones, like we had like a couple, a few nun teachers that were probably <laughs> in their 50s or 60s. And they, they probably even couldn't, use a controller the only game yeah. they knew was knuckle slap <laughs> that didn't happen at my oh, i definitely my, got wrapped across the knuckles my father had stories about that though yeah. then my grandfather pulled them out of the school after that happened he like he yelled at the nuns and pulled them out of the school good for you grandpa <laughs> uh, for doing that uh so anyway uh but no i didn't have any any teacher that probably talked about video games ever i don't no. think i had some cool teachers just none of them were video games. Um, I, I did have okay in in the high school computer class um i had uh the OG Pac-Man, a beautiful, just a ROM version, executable file on a, a, three, and a three and a half. And um, I forgot where I got it from, but it was literally just this, the arcade ROM, it seemed like, or close to it. And I, I gave a copy to it. All the kids put it on their computers in the classroom. So it was like 25 was playing Pac-Man High School. I got in trouble for it. I, not detention or anything, but they said, you can't do that. I'm like, it's Pac-Man. It's not, you know, I'm not spreading around anything sure. naughty or anything. Because there were kids that did that and got in trouble. We're talking, you know, mid-90s when it was still new, yeah. that stuff. So, All right, we got to stay on track, Patrick. Thanks, guys. I'm just saying. Thank you. <laughs> Next question. we got 20 minutes. I'm joking. All right. So um, my name's Joe. Hey, so Joe. happy to have you guys both on the East Coast. Um, so exciting. My question is actually a follow-up from my question at Too Many Games for Pat and Ian. I would love if you could answer this question, too. How was Fourth of July with Frank? For, how was Fourth of July with Frank? I was not there. I don't even know what I did on the Fourth. The Fourth is just another day at this point. Um, <laughs> we, we didn't do, we didn't do uh, burgers and dogs. We, we did, uh, Frank did, I think he did, uh, he did chicken, did some chicken. And I think uh, they do, they did ribs as well, I believe. Ooh, he, nice. Frank, Frank has a smoker. He uses it sometimes. He is a smoker, but he uses a smoker, and he does a good job. He does the dry rub on the ribs. Mm. He does the dry rub. I Shit, I did play D&D on the 4th, which means nice. I cooked. But With Frank? I, no, I made white chili. That's what oh, I did. Wow. I made white chili. Did you give me some of you? No, I didn't give you some white chili because all that? the people I made it for ate it. What's white chili? Uh, white chili is a uh, chili that is, uh, well, white. It's not tomato-based. Oh. Uh, I, I make it with scallions, uh, cannelli beans, uh, uh, 
cold roasted chicken thigh meat specifically, uh, green onions, uh, and then I whip in about half a cup of sour cream, a little chicken stock, and if I'm feeling frisky, frisky, uh, a packet of ranch uh, seasoning and a little cream cheese. Ian, you know I do intermittent fasting. Come on, you're killing me. Fine. Thanks, guys. Thanks. You're welcome. Killing me here. I'm starving. My white chili. Hello, bags. gentlemen. How you doing? Thank you for coming to the East Coast. Yeah. Happy to be My here. My question is, in regard to television, I know this is going to make you laugh, but what if you guys are wrong? <laughs> oh, in television. But how are we wrong? Like, no, I, I, what if what if the television becomes successful? It is a great system. <laughs> there, there was a time. There was a period of time where the reason was so frustrating. We were the only people of note, really. Being critical of the idea. I mean, I mean, in the entire industry, there was no professional uh, game journalist covering the, the Amico at all. weren't talking about it behind the scenes. They obviously were, but they weren't doing any articles about it. They weren't doing it on podcasts. It took like years before someone like Jeff Gersman started talking about it when he, when it was, when he knew it was going to be a failure. He probably always knew, but like once it was definitely on a downward trend after E3 last year, that's when everyone else started talking about it. So there was a point in time where I talked to people like uh, to people like Armini and crazy about this. We're the only ones thinking that this is not going to happen and everyone behind us is like oh no yeah, you guys are right but no one was saying it so I, I, I was like gaslighting myself thinking that um, are we just are we the bad guys are we the ones that are wrong about this I mean, my, my quick answer is this I, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again uh, and I knew this wasn't ever going to happen from, from go but if Tommy Tellerico's wish casted I'm just going to make up bullshit presentation at Portland Retro Gaming mm-hmm. had come true might have been something I would have been interested in. I like weird, quirky stuff. He was rattling off all the right retro, you know, game titles that I knew he had no rights to. Burger Time re-release. I love yeah. Burger Time. Yeah. He he had put our type up there. Yeah. Um, you know, so so if that version of it had come out, I, I would have bought it. I would have been like, all right, here it is, and I I would have bought it and enjoyed it. Um, because honestly, it did at one hundred eighty dollars at one hundred eighty bucks. Yeah. yeah, not higher than that. Uh, it didn't really get personal for me until he made it personal. So while I didn't think it was going to come out, it would have been something in its initial form that I would have been interested in. Oh, I see. So how would you approach it, like, if you were in his shoes? How would I approach what? Uh, like, solid marketing to people. Oh, I, I wouldn't because I wouldn't take on the project because it's a bad fucking idea that never had a chance in hell of getting off the shelves. I'm just saying, if in a some if weird was Wernivis universe, if it had come out in that form, I would have bought it. And I would have been like, all right, Tommy, you're right. This, I mean, it, it wouldn't have been a, it would have been whatever. We actually discussed this before you, uh, in terms of like if you're going to do this business, you start as a publisher first. You come out with the games on standard yes. consoles like the Switch on the pre where the people already are. They don't have to buy hardware to play. You, you put out your software as, as many play, pieces places you can. You see if people bite. Then you start thinking about okay, what if I can do a, an accessory bundle? with more software. Then you can do your stupid elaborate controller because at least you know people are interested in those games at the those prices. The next step, I think, would be yeah. you, you put them on the, the digital stores. You see if people bite. Then you do a plug-and-play with those games. You, uh, you do a plug-and-play with yes. those games and see if people bite on that. And then if people bite on that and there's some sort of momentum, then you go, okay, we're doing sequels to all these games and they're going to be on our new Italian Amico. You built every, every significant uh, video game console successful they built up to a console. Including they, the NES. Yes. 
They had Game and Watches and arcade games before they even considered. They doing had a Pong console. clothes right. in the seventies. Every every single company had something else before, or it was a Cecil company to begin with. Like Sony, Sony was building uh, TVs and radio stuff for decades up to that point. Yeah, you, you don't wake up in the morning and go, I want to be a real boy, and then decide you're going to make a console. All right, thanks for your question. Thank you. But no, we wouldn't come out with it. There's no marketing <laughs> strategy. Who's next here? Um, can you hear me? Hi, Elvis. Elvis. Hey, I hope how you remember my name, too. Hi. No, that was just me. I said oh. it again. Oh, yeah. Now that now you, you put the face with the name, I remember <laughs> yeah. Elvis. Yeah. Oh uh, hi, um, yeah, I guess it's Elvis. Um, I guess to t- Ian, I'm a little behind the podcast. Has, has there been any kind of funny moments in the podcast in a couple past couple episodes that I should look up, or or some should some episodes that you recommend to watch? And also, what is that um exclusive podcast that you have on your Patreon now? Oh, so we do the uh, bonus bits in the morning. Uh, where we uh, it's it, it, it's it's like, it's like AM with Pat and Ian. It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's our warm did. up. I talked about a, ba- a bad uh, encounter at my house. I talk about whatever is floating through my head at that yeah. hour of the morning. Uh, and then, as far as funny moments, I don't I don't spend a lot of time going. Man, I killed it. So I don't I don't think <laughs> I, I, I don't know. He'll like, just have to catch up. It'll he's be a looking surprise. for us to review ourselves. Yeah, I'm not I don't review myself. Yeah. It's like the toy in the bottom of the cereal box, Elvis. You got to dig for it. Okay. What? Oh, oh. You bet you come on Tommy's face? I don't remember I, that. I said it looks like he's blowing a load into his guitar. <laughs> is, there any, is there any young people here? Too bad. Oh, I'm sorry. You should know us by this point. Oh so this is PG-13. All right. So I'll just go like a huge scavenger hunt, basically, and watch it, right? Yeah, yeah dig right. deep for those. All right, well, well ha- have fun going back the last couple of weeks and listening there. Yeah, no problem. Again, <laughs> great to see you guys again. Hope to see you more con, so be Thanks around so stuff. All right, thank you. Hello. All right. Hello, gentlemen. Howdy. My name is Ryan, and as you can probably figure out, I'm maybe not as well-versed in the retro scene as probably a lot of other people here, well, right? We, we said I could figure that out? I can read it right on your shirt, yeah. Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't see an Atari joystick on there. I don't see an NES logo. Exactly. No Kirby. must not know. No Kirby hat. <laughs> so I have picked up on reading and listening, watching the podcast and everything, on more guys than just Tommy Tallarico. Um just to name off the top of the tip of the iceberg, people like Billy Mitchell and Todd Rogers. Just, just the worst people in... <laughs> How do you just, really feel? Not just in the space, but, but like in general. They're right? not the worst people. Here's the thing. There's bad people in all segments and all hobbies. It's just that like, these are the ones that stand out. If you go into like the financial sector, there's gonna be bad people like the like the farmer bro that went no, to they're prison. Not, they're not. Yeah. They're not Bernie Madoff. I mean, yeah. They're they're just they're they're, they're they're These are people who did not get enough love as children, and instead of turning to good, uh, they turn to uh, lies and deceit. Well, I may have gotten enough love as a child, but I'm okay. But anyway. You can turn it to good, or I, you can turn it to I lies and deceit. I could have turned into a Tommy, potentially. Another universe is a Pat that came out trying to get all the game console. Pat, there is absolutely an alternate Patrick Amico oh my out God. there somewhere. Oh, my God. All right. I guess, the, I guess my question is, what is it that you think that turns those people 
once once they reach that point. I mean, now this is a whole other psychological symposium we're doing right now. If you want to get into it, That's you're, a, the, you're the guys I want to ask that. Why, why are we? The, we're not professionals. If, 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 we if you want to know my we honest need this, answer, we need a disclaimer to say like, don't, we're not professionals. Yeah, this is and not any medical, advice. psychological, or financial advice. We're not professionals. Video game players in the 80s and 90s got picked on. They did. We did. We got we got picked on for it. Well, and sure. those people sometimes. I'll, I'll just slide over a little bit go. more. There you go. It's weird when you do it to me. It's uh, not as weird when I do it on to the other, you. The hands on the other shoulder now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so okay, let's do. It. Let's look at this. So uh, it's a rare moment. It's a rare moment. Enjoy it. Uh, so that's enough. We're, we're, um, we, we shared enough pheromones there. So I uh, think you know what happens is is they get angry and angry people lash out. Yeah, and that's what happens. They 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 build themselves up with this bullshit because it gives them a protective shell. Yeah. They, I have achievements. I've and, done something with what I was made fun of for in my youth. And a lot of them turn into bullies. Yes. Like, I, I guarantee you people like Tommy were bullied at some point, and they're turning it back around. Or someone like Billy Mitchell. I've read, I've read shorts that say Billy Mitchell was, you know, was actually, bullied, bullied as a kid. Yeah. and like So it doesn't excuse him for being an asshole now, but that's where it starts. It's the cycle. Yeah. It's the circle of abuse, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. Thank you, gentlemen. Get into that retro gaming stuff at some point, too. Check it out. It's not bad. Why are you here if you're not into retro gaming stuff? I'm just curious. I'm actually curious. Just stumbled in. Yeah. Dragged along? Pandemic blues. Okay. Well, there you go. Your money's just as good for the enough. people here. That's fine. Hey, guys. Uh, hey. So my name is Pete. Uh, hey, Pete. Hello. Big, big fan. of watching the, the podcast for a long time. Uh, my question for you guys is if you could, uh, you know, go back in time and get to relive uh, a single gaming moment for the first time, what would it be? Uh, for me, it was when I, uh, I beat Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! because it was so damn hard, and I never thought I would beat it. Like, That's never it. even... You know, I would use... Yeah, so when I beat that, I just sort of, like, I freaked out. And, you know, if you could go back and relive a gaming moment, what would it be? I, I think a weird one for me, just off the top of my head, because I'm like, think hard, and this is what... Boop, out. Um, the... The Dreamcast launch was a very exciting time for me. I was really looking forward to that system. And a month or like two months before it came out, Hollywood Video did a thing where you could rent a Dreamcast. I am a former Hollywood Video oh. employee. Wow. You know, All right. Or, I, through two different uniforms. Initially, we had just the cummerbund. Oh, but then right. we upgraded to the uh, the vest. The uh, vest, All yes. of which uh, were uh, scratchy and not fun to wear. Oh, I bet not. So, I've worn yeah. many restaurant uniforms that are not. Yeah. Uh, uh, so anyways, they, they, they did an event where you could rent it in a copy of Sonic Ad- uh, Adventure um, early. And they didn't include any VMUs, so you couldn't save anything. Uh. So we turned it on for the weekend, and my buddies and I just played through all of Sonic Adventure and beat everything before we gave it back. And it was fun. It's also probably the fastest I've ever worked through an entire video game, because we couldn't save, so we just left everything on, and just every time we finished someone's story, we'd start another one. Awesome. Cool. Cool. Mine's boring, just playing Super Mario Brothers. Ah, hey, that's not boring. That's boring. All right, thank, thanks a lot, guys. By the way, and it's Mario here. I hear people saying Mario here Mar- again because yeah. that's how we say it in Jersey and New York. Yeah, it's long, I'm from Am I right about that? Yeah. Do you know Mario's or Mario's? You know, personally know Mario's, right? Thank Mario's. you. Thank you, all non-East Coasters. I'm not yeah. crazy. People come after me all the time for that. Thanks, guys. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. <laughs> 
Hey, hey, Nip, hey Pat, um, Jose, I see you on Twitch. I'm Red Prowling Devil on there. Oh, nice so, to see you. Three things. One, Ulysses is better than the mask theme. <laughs> the Ulysses. N- there's nothing better than the mask cartoon theme. For, this question's for Ian. Ian, what is your favorite era for commercials? For Ian? Uh, do you have an error? I, I do, and it's it's the answer. Uh, late '90s paid advertisements, uh, particularly the Ron Papil, uh Ronco segments. I used to trip balls in high school and then come home and watch those uh, as I came down, and it was it was the best. I felt really close to Ron Papil, and I rarely get sad when celebrities die. But when he kicked the bucket last year, I actually reached out to a friend I hadn't spoken to in like ten years, and I was like, "Did you hear Ron died?" And he was like, "Yeah, that's sad stuff." Uh, so, anyways, I don't ever saw any of those. I'm trying to think. Jesus H. Uh, set it and forget it. Oh, is that guy? Jesus, the old, the old guy, a, the white he's hair. He's a legend. Okay, he did a lot of those. Uh, Ron Peel, man. I don't know his name. He's he was the Ask on TV guy. Yeah, we were like like yellow shirts, like polo shirts. Was he, he that guy? Just we'll we'll go over Ron. Right, I'm later. sorry. We'll go over Ron later. If you want to answer the same question, Pat, Pat I know yours would be the '80s. From from <laughs> yes, <laughs> like I, you can make an argument historically. 1985 was the greatest year for like toys and pop culture ever. And like, my question for you is, what is your favorite commercial mascot? Favorite commercial I'm mascot, or that that means like Pillsbury really like favorite Doughboy? like. I'm thinking either Pillsbury Doughboy or the Hamburger Helper glove. <laughs> hamburger Helper glove doesn't get the credit. I think that little guy deserves. Kind of no, overlooked. Great. That's wrong. I was I was like the uh, yeah oh yeah I recognize him I recognize him. Uh, you know you know what I like the I like the little Snuggle Bear. Loved him when I was a kid. My parents kind of used that as an example to teach me about how like advertising is evil. They're like, see how much you love that bear? And I was like, yeah, and they're like, it's for fucking detergent. And I'm like, that is kind of gross how it preys on me. Thanks, Mom. I was like five stuffed little animals. (laughs) It's like like rooting Christmas. Rooting uh, Santa Claus. Snuggle bear isn't real, Ian. He's a marketing asshole designed (laughs) to take your money. Uh, Thank you so much. I'll, be seeing I'll you. see you on the streams. Anyone here go to my streams every Wednesday? Twitch.tv slash Contra Code. E's not there. Doesn't. I don't. Ian doesn't go. E doesn't care about me. Hey. Hi, I'm Mike. Hey. I, uh, I met Mike. you guys a few years ago, yeah. uh, and I, I'd never, never seen any of your stuff, but then I, I went all in on it. And and you regretted it immediately. No, no. I oh, love okay. it. I pat okay. the NES Punk, Flea Market Madness. Uh, video game years, and of course the CU podcast. I feel like I said this to you outside. I feel like Frank and I would get along swimmingly because of our interest in music and and films. I think we'd have a gentleman's disagreement about the Roger Moore era of James Bond. Oh, he, yeah, he 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 does. Even if he admits a movie is okay, he's like, yeah, I can watch that one. Yeah, like for your eyes only, it's probably the best Roger Moore one of my oh, opinion. That's- um, I haven't seen that one. I saw. Oh, really? Well, I'm not going to list all the ones I saw, but uh, I mean, there's I like six. Uh, so, yeah. so, I mean, if you're going to if you're going to see him, that one and the Spy Who Loved Me are probably, and I guess, a Live and Let Die. Right. Those are probably That's, the only three you want to see. Those are the ones the, that I've seen. And the other Live three, die, you don't want to uh, see Moonraker. Yeah, you don't want to uh, see Octopussy's weird. Mm. Uh, we'll just come to James Bond weird. panel now. All right. And, and anyway, then, and then A View to a Kill came out. And, and Roger Roger Moore was like almost sixty by then, and could yeah. barely move. See you, Bondcast. Yeah, the See You Bondcast. Well, I hope I'm I'm more limber when I'm sixty in twenty years. I'm do that just, yoga. I turned forty in November. Uh, I guess my question 
on the subject of Frank, is he as much of a Luddite, you know, not into technology as, as yes. you see in the really? Yeah, yes. Yes. I, 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 I can even answer that. Uh, yes, I he tried is. to teach him how to use a laptop several years back, okay. and it was the worst mistake oh. of my life. I think I was oh. over there once when you were trying to teach him how to do something on the on an iPad or something like that, and it was... No, it wasn't a pad, but he, but he knows like how to use a pad. So okay. He, yeah, I, he had a laptop. Yeah, yeah, okay. And trying to teach him how to like yeah. log into email. So he doesn't even have a smartphone like like. No, he does. He loves. A, he can use a smartphone oh, easily. He can do. Good. He even knows how to use the the the, the Uber as he says. It. He knows Uber. how to. Uber. He knows how to do that. Let the me call Uber. the Uber. That's my frank goes, impression. I, but I have to install the app. Can I get that 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 Uber thing on my phone, Pat? What do you say? Patrick. I'm like a little sidekick tech guy you see in the '80s shows right. that help him do these things. And I guess. Uh, is he really into ancient aliens, or was that was that just a, a, a liter, you know for the for the? No, he loved show? he loved that show. Which really? show? Ancient Aliens. Oh yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah, we we met the guy with Good. the hair. Frank doesn't yeah. really know how to act. What, what guy, came through on camera? All I know is the meme the meme photo. That's all I know. Exactly. That's all I've seen. He's pretty genuine. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Makes great great sausage and sauce. God, sweet Italian and sauce. Sorry. It's all good. You're being fast. Hello, I'm Roberto from uh, Mouth County, New Jersey. Thank you for coming on by. So I got a question. Um, looking at the slide there, when you're talking about Marvel, I saw a Paw Patrol icon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, well, we might as well just throw everything on there. We might as well put uh, Stranger <laughs> Things on there. I mean, at this point, you put anything on there you want. You but see, Tommy what? had like an ex- like a wishing face he made when he was wishing, like, <laughs> like the wishing oh, Paw Patrol. <laughs> like he's going to shit it out like a complete product. <laughs> if I concentrate hard enough, it's just going to fly out my ass. <laughs> I was going to ask... Uh, I know there's an actual Paw Patrol game on consoles, but what do you think, in the wildest speculation you can make, what would Tommy have done with Paw Patrol? He would have found the app version and tried to port it over. Yeah. (laughs) For all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he tried to do with Care Bears, uh, the cart game, which exists. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's it. No, that's as simple as that. Yeah, yeah. He, he wouldn't have, like, tried to make an actual game. He would have paid someone to make a game or bought a game and then taken all the credit for it. <laughs> I'm guessing it would have been more successful, like you said, if it incorporated the healthcare thing in. Um, I actually work in healthcare, uh, non-clinical. So <laughs> maybe the, uh, if there's motion controls, it would have been better. Right. Yeah. Well, there was motion <laughs> controls, but they never worked for that console. So. Yeah. And uh, one quick question, because uh, I remember there was a podcast... You mentioned about the, the Wii skyrocketing in, in price because of the pandemic. With the inflation and everything, do you think there's going to be any way that's going to co- like cool off, calm down, anything like that? I think it's already cooling off Yeah, some of that stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not like buy, it's not like buying bread when you say inflation. It's more like the interest levels No increase. one remembers yeah. the Wii for its deep library of great games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, everyone remembers it. I mean, I, 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 okay, that's, I'm being a jerk. But it, <laughs> it, it was loved for its pick-up-and-play stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. And it was a fad that people got into and then fell out of. And during the pandemic, it was just the same thing. We're sitting around in the house all day. Uh, we want to do something a little active. And everyone who bought that immediately bought a copy of Wii Sports with it. And they maybe bought a couple other games sure. too. But it was always to buy. It was it, the main reason people were buying those pandemic-wise was to get Wii Sports. Yes. So Absolutely. once you run out of fun with that again in two years, that, that Wii market's going to come crashing back down. I see. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. We've got time for a couple more, probably. A couple more. 
Hey guys, great to see you come out here. It's uh, really awesome. Get to see uh, your podcast and all that good stuff. But uh, my question's a little bit more off topic. Uh, with Warner Media kind of canceling, you know, the, uh, pretty much almost everything they have with uh, all the craziness that's going on with Ezra Miller. What do you think is going to go on uh, with the uh, Flash movie? You think that gets canceled? I saw a, a thing written about. It. We'll probably talk about it next week that, that there's internally there's, 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 there's three, three options. Three options. And it's it's they're going to uh, do a uh, they're either going to shit can the movie entirely, release it with no promo from Ezra. Miller, or they're going to have them do like a sit down weepy sit down. I'm so sorry, a blue blah blue ah. interview, and then have him do like limited promotion. That was just limited, something limited new, new stickers. By the way, limited. <laughs> the ding ding. Um, so uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, I. I I think they're going to come out of the movie. They'll, 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 he's never. He, they're not going to be anywhere near the promotion. No talk shows. Yeah, I don't no think that. Carpet. I don't think the the, the, the the weepy interview is going to be an option. He's either not going to promote it whatsoever, or they're going to shit can it. Yeah. And I, I I I wish. I don't know. It's it's just a stupid situation. They're fucking that whole thing up. Thanks so much, guys. All right, and someone in the, in television shirt. <laughs> Yeah, I guess my question is, how much does your show suck now that I'm not calling in anymore? <laughs> There's Exhibit A. How many of your sponsors have bailed on you by now? Manscaped probably already has one foot out the door, or should I say one testicle out the door? <laughs> You were going to say something? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sure it was brilliant, whatever you were going to say. No, I'm just, I'm cowering in your presence now. I, I don't know what to do, we, Tommy. We, we wouldn't have said these things if we knew you were in the audience. Oh, my God. By the end of the year, you'll be lucky if you get Blue Chew back. Oh. oh. Who remembers when they used to cut promos for Blue Chew? You do what makes hey. the money. Hey, it, 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 it works. I mean, what? <laughs> This is what they sounded like, if you don't remember. I swear to God, this is what they sounded like. Hey, Ian, do you like sex? <laughs> I don't what sound kind like... of stupid question? Of course he doesn't. He doesn't I, I like don't, anything. I don't sound like that, though. Uh, do I? <laughs> Maybe you could get him to like sex if he was able to smoke it. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably true. Wouldn't that be something? If I could roll it up. Yeah. That would be my next business venture. Yeah, oh, it's my next business venture. <laughs> me, me, and John Alvarado and Hans Gruber. We can make. We can make that happen. I, wait, so I don't think his name is Hans Gruber. No. No. That's, so, that's, a, that's a character from a movie called Die Hard. I've been calling him Hans Gruber. What's his name? Oh, you don't know the name of your guy out in Europe peddling your stuff? No, his name is Hans Gruber to me. Oh. <laughs> That's a, you have to look that probably a little over. It was Hans Lipschitz. Lipschitz. Ipschick? Ipschick. Ipschick, yes. Ipschick. So you're telling me my whole life has been a lie? Yes. I mean, I don't know. What, did you get into the Yankees Hall of Fame? Uh, I, get off Jacob DeGrom's dick for two seconds. Hey, and hey. Some respect. <sighs> We're close to City Field. That's disrespectful. I would drop the mic, but it's not my mic. So just pretend I'm dropping it. Boo! All right, bye, Tommy. <laughs> bye, Tommy. Tommy, everybody. I think that's about as good as it gets. Uh, thank you so much for coming thank out. You.
We're going to be in our booth right behind us. Come say hi, hang out a little bit. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of your Long Island Retro Gaming Expo. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> we're back. Wasn't that fun? That was fun. I'm glad, glad you came out to Long Island, everyone. Can't believe Tommy was there. I know. I was nervous. I started getting flop sweat. Yeah. I started, I started I was like, oh, my God. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it's so it's so mythical uh, in, in person. It's like, oh, my God. The stature. <laughs> the stature is, like, so much taller than you expect. Anyway. Well, that was fun. That was good. We thank you for listening uh, to this episode of the CE Podcast. We have fun here. <laughs> what was that NPR outro? We and, thank you for listening and supporting us here at the CE Podcast. And then we'll catch you in a week. We'll catch you later. Goodbye. <laughs>